Do you hear that sound? That is the sound of the waves crashing against a bay, but it's not just any bay, it's a Baywatch because this is a Baywatch podcast. In fact, this is Baywatch Rookie School, a podcast where two men who have never watched Baywatch before try and watch Baywatch. I'm Michael Eisen. And I'm Morgan Thrapp. And Michael, this is a particularly special episode for a number of reasons. For one, this is our first main episode where we're not just going to be talking about one specific episode. We're going to be covering kind of a, a little bit of a retrospective of this entire first season, but from from a very specific viewpoint. And in order to uh, to help us with that, we have brought on a friend of ours, Valerie, who knows uh, an incredible amount about fashion, and so is going to take us through the just wonderful and weird fashion of season one of Baywatch. Valerie, would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, I am Valerie. Um, thanks for having me. I'm a I'm a friend of the pod and I'm a fan of the pod. And this is also my first podcast. Um, so thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. We're uh, we're glad we could provide uh, provide your first podcast for you. Provide the hard Baywatch content you've been looking for. <laughs> Well, I'm very excited. I will admit, um, I, I didn't really have a whole lot of Baywatch experience before, um, before I listened to your podcast. Um, I do remember when I was a little girl pretending to be asleep in my grandma's bedroom, um, while she would watch Baywatch and then she'd lean over and see my eyes open and then she'd scold me and then I'd keep my eyes closed (laughs) until I heard Walker, Texas Ranger come on. That was my second favorite. Do you think that improved your experience watching this show or made it worse? So I, you know, I didn't really know what I was expecting. I didn't remember a whole lot from the show other than just, you know, the swimsuits and the running and the the slow-mo. But I will say watching this last season, I did watch every episode. Um, I fell in love with it. I really enjoyed it. It felt like a warm blanket wrapped around me. Um, I, wow. I wasn't expecting it to be so wholesome and comforting. Yeah, I think I think I agree with you in a lot of ways where I definitely had my perception of it going into starting this podcast of it being much more of just like women in barely any clothes running in slow-mo for mm. 45 minutes <laughs> and yeah, there is actually surprisingly quite a bit more to it than that, yeah. which I am pleasantly surprised by. <laughs> I mean, I think one of the the beauties of it is that it is centered around soap operas, and soap operas always have, you know, all sorts of running plots going through it. So it couldn't just be women in bathing suits running around in slow-mo. Like, it literally could not <laughs> sustain itself doing that. So it had to have plot. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I'm a big true crime fan, too. And I wasn't expecting that element going into this. And I was absolutely delighted at all of the murder and the secrets <laughs> and the hiding <laughs> and the guns and all of it. I, I'm here for it. Yeah. Yeah. Mitch jumping on top of things. Mitch jumping off of things. Mitch jumping onto things. Exactly. Just a lot of Mitch jumping. Yeah. Diving, swimming, leaping, crawling. Sleeping sometimes. Venoming. That too. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it was really um, kind of fun to watch this through a very specific lens because I was watching it with my eyes peeled for the fashion. And so a little bit of background about me. Um, 
I went to school for fashion. I got my degree in fashion design. I've pretty much always worked in the fashion industry. Um, I worked in the accessory division at a well-known department store for about five years. Um, and I work for a big tech company right now. I, I work in uh, their fashion division. So my whole life is pretty much just fashion. It's my major interest. So um, I had a wonderful time with all of the costumes. Um, when I started, I I first talked to Michael and I was like, yeah, I can talk about swimsuits. And he was like, no, Valerie, that's not, <laughs> that's not what this is. There, there's more. Sounds exactly like me. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, sure. But I mean, like, I'm going to talk about the swimsuits, right? And he's like, honestly, probably not. And he's not wrong. Um, I, Hell yeah. And I have, I have a lot of notes here. There is one tiny note about swimsuits. There's so much more to it. Wow. Um, yeah. And, and that was pretty cool. Cause I wasn't expecting it. Yeah. I'm, I'm mostly very curious to hear your thoughts on the wide and wonderful world of sweaters in this season. Mm-hmm. As someone who loves a good sweater, there are some just wild, wild sweaters in this season. Don't you worry, Morgan. I have thoughts and opinions about those sweaters. Oof. You will hear about them all. I want to hear about uh, power suits as someone who never wears power suits. <laughs> it's all about the shoulder pad. It's about the vertical oh, yeah. stripes. Um, we saw a lot of really great uh, power suits in the pilot episode, which I mm-hmm. which I wasn't expecting and really loved. Um, I still can't rock a shoulder pad myself. I feel a little self-conscious in it. But I will say um, they look pretty good on, on Gail. I like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a very specific look. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> Wendy Malick just can pull off anything as seen through her career and like also watching the show just shoot me like she is just a trendsetter. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I I missed Gail. Um, She really wasn't in very much of all of this. And I was kind of disappointed to see that. Um, But that's okay because there's some other women in the show that have really great fashion like uh, Gina and Shawnee definitely stand out to me as two of the Two of the people with the best wardrobe uh, wardrobe choices on the show, definitely. I'm I'm curious, and if you don't have an answer, we can come back to it. Is there like just over the course of the entire season one outfit in particular that jumps out to you as like either the most emblematic or just your favorite or like? Um. So actually, yeah, I do have a couple. I guess it kind of depends on um on what what you mean by favorite. Like, is it favorite as in haha that was hilarious or wow i wish i owned that because i kind of have an answer for all of the above um well let me see just off the top of my head the the outfit that really really sticks out to me that i wish i owned was in um snake eyes um court's date had this teal ruched sweetheart neckline strapless dress and I just loved it. I was even watching that episode with my roommate and she even commented on how much she loved it. So do you guys remember that one? Maybe it just sticks out to me. I I do. You also sent a picture to us of it. Okay. I sent you a lot of pictures. Okay. I can't remember them all. (laughs) No, it's very, it's a very, very good dress. It's great. Yeah. Um, and then I have another outfit that specifically sticks out to me, but I'm going to save it until I get to it because I'm really excited and I just, I kind of want to work up to it. But what about you guys? Do you have an outfit that really sticks out to you? 
Sure. I mean, I think honestly, um, the, the one that sticks out to me the most, and it's not anything particularly, I don't know, extreme, but I also don't know nearly as much about fashion. So maybe it is, and I just don't (laughs) know the significance of it. Um, but it's actually one that you sent a picture of as well, which is, uh, the like bunny sweater Jenny Lewis Lewis is wearing. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I love that sweater so much and would love to own it. Oh yeah. Yeah. I have some notes in here about that sweater, Morgan. Ooh, I'm so excited. (laughs) What about you, Michael? I honestly, uh, I really liked, I can't believe I'm going to compliment this character. Uh, (laughs) Shawnee's abusive ex-boyfriend. I, I dug his look. Uh, it seemed to me yeah. like something I would compliment my friends on if they wore. That's fine. Uh, so I, I, I like that one. Because I'm going to roast him later. I mean, Good. he deserves to be roasted because he's a utter piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> he's but, almost yeah. as bad as Thorpe. Yes. Almost. Oh, I mean, yes. Uh, I feel like the only reason he's not as bad as Thorpe is because we just don't see as much of him. Like, yeah, Annie looks like uh, Colin Farrell. Or wait, is it Firth? You're thinking of Firth. Whichever one was in The Kingsman. Okay, Firth. Firth. Both very (laughs) attractive men. Very different looking, though. Um, Mm -hmm. Colin Farrell has the big dark eyebrows, dark hair, dark features. Yeah. I also want to say, but it's been so long since we've seen him because he, he just leaves midway through the series or midway through the season is Trevor. And just, I remember there's... There's the episode that spawned us talking about the Tokyo Anal Dynamite album, where it's him <laughs> and Thorpe in uh, trying out for that radio role. Uh-huh. Oh, I remember yeah. Trevor has this outfit on that I thought I would love to wear that because it's just maximalist and I love maximalism. <laughs> uh, and I thought that was really cool. I don't remember what he was wearing in that scene. It was all patchwork of like pinks and oranges and blues it i think i remember likening it to one of the like the doctor who care like get-ups where it was just like let's throw on 18 colors on this character and throw them out into the world if i remember correctly it was like super bright color blocking everywhere just like what's the maximum number of clashing colors we can throw together in squares and i love that i may have been a little distracted because everyone in that room was wearing something oh yes Yes. yes. <laughs> I mean, hence the Tokyo Anal Dynamite reference, which was the dude <laughs> sitting next to Thorpe's shirt. Uh, yeah, there's a lot to look at in that scene. You know, as much as I don't like Thorpe, the kid sitting next to him, I think I liked him even less. Oh, I agree. Yeah, he was kind of a little shit. And I just, I, you know, that last comment he made is like, don't listen to him, dude. He's just a lifeguard. I was like, fuck you. You don't even know. <laughs> you don't know how much they save our lives. Exactly. Daily. <laughs> they guard it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that scene made me feel a lot of things. But that's okay. Um, let's see. But yeah, um, I think uh I think unless anyone's got any other opening thoughts, why don't we uh why don't we jump right in? Valerie, I know you've got an enormous amount of notes for us. 
So is there a place you'd like to start or should we just start from episode one? And Yeah, um, well, I have a little bit of a little bit of background I kind of wanted to talk to you guys about before we get into the pilot. Um, And that is um, the the costume designers of the show. Um, So I couldn't find a whole lot of information um, about the costume designers um, early on in the show in season one. Um, So I I went to the credits um, and I and I checked out some of the names and I didn't recognize any of them, but I did a little bit of research and um, I thought I might um, see if you guys knew any um, any of the work that these um, people have done outside of Baywatch. I do not recognize them, although they seem to be quite funny. So I did notice episodes two through ten of season one, they have a um, they have different people working in the costume department. Um, than uh, episodes 8 through 22. And I don't know why that is. I'd Ooh. be really... Do you guys know? 1 through 10? I mean, I think... two. I'm sorry, part, 2 through 10. I don't actually know who did the pilot. I mean, I'm guessing it would be due to how they were shot. Um, or just like the shooting schedule, most likely. I mean, when they're doing, you know, one, like a one season pilot season, I guess that's what you would call it. Uh, things are kind of up in the air in terms of when certain episodes are airing. So while they may be in production, you know, one, two, three, four, they're not necessarily, or I mean, they're released one, two, three, four, they're not necessarily in production one, two, three, four. So they're doing all sorts of weird, like mixes of, of people on set. I'd have to imagine that's why. Yeah. It would be, it would be interesting though, if you're saying that it's the first two through eight that has one group and then the rest of them have another would would imply at least that the first eight were probably shot first, which I think contradicts a lot of our theories about some of the episodes not making sense by having been shot in wildly random orders later in the season. Um, but yeah, that's that's interesting. Season one, at least, I, I think that it's the ending episodes that are maybe the ones that give us food for thought on that but season yeah. two of baywatch absolutely had wacky shooting schedules and and production releases more so than season one mm-hmm. um i i imagine season one wasn't that wild but it is still wild to hear that there's different costume directors yeah and something else that i noticed was kind of interesting was i only saw the term costume designer in the credits for those that um for those early ones two through ten there's also um someone called a costume supervisor that can mean a lot of things what i imagine is this is probably the coordinator that made sure everybody was in their right outfits at this at the right scene at the right time you know ironed things steamed them um i really don't know though i don't have a lot of information there was that for every episode that there um, was someone doing that? Well, for episodes two through ten, there was a costume designer and a costume supervisor. And then for episodes eight through twenty-two, we're just looking at costume supervisors. Interesting. So yeah, costume costume supervisor, um, actually one of their main focuses is generally continuity, is like making sure that if a shirt is ruffled in or like rumpled in one shot that it's the same rumpled in the next shot, assuming there hasn't been, like, time passing between those things or dealing with, like, you know, scuff marks and dirt on shoes or or makeup or things like that is usually a lot of what, like, costume supervisor is going to be kind of handling. Morgan, I think it's interesting. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Michael. I was just going to say, I think it's funny because 
they that the people in Baywatch they seem to care very little about stuff like that. Yes, I was going <laughs> to do a comment about that. It seems yes. like uh, episode one of the big ones that uh, to me is episode six, the drowning pool, where Jill is investigating the like suspicious family. Uh, there's a scene, I think it's that one, where there's a scene in there where she walks up to Shawnee in a blue swimsuit, a, a swimsuit color that has never been shown on this show before or after. And then mm-hmm. in the next scene, it comes back in a red normal lifeguard swimsuit. <laughs> Listen, I'm not saying the costume supervisor on this did a good job. I'm just saying that that is <laughs> they got paid. generally their job. <laughs> yes, yes. How did I miss that? Damn it. I, it was very jarring to me. I was just like, why are you wearing blue? That's not, you're supposed to make me feel like aggravated because of the, all the red, not calm. <laughs> I am jarred. Yeah. Wow. Um, well, yeah, that's that's really interesting, Morgan. I, I never thought about that before. Um, thanks for telling me about that. Um, but it, but it mm-hmm. definitely makes sense. There's, um, you know, there's some times when, they might be filming a scene before lunch and they need to finish it after lunch. Um, exactly. I don't, know. I don't film shit, um, but I, I, <laughs> oh, no. I imagine. That's how that works. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of that and a lot of as well. Um, I went to school for acting and was an actor for 15 years. Um, so a lot of it as well is like, you'll often, um, you'll often get coverage in wide shots for like dialogue scenes and then break and then reset up for like if you're doing like close ups on an actor where you're like cutting back and forth between them and also using some of that wide angle coverage, you need to make sure that the costume is exactly the same between the like close ups and the wide angle as well is another big one, which can often be like a week later. So they'll take like hyper extensive notes in theory on like exactly how an actor's collar was tucked or untucked or like whatever. Gotcha. Well, I don't know why only uh, only episodes two through ten say costume designer, because when I think costume designer, I'm and this is just me, you know, from my experience, I imagine that that means they were actually creating things. Um, And Mm -hmm. I know that it wasn't she wasn't creating the swimsuit because I'll get a little bit more into later of of who created that swimsuit. Um, I'm not sure if you guys have covered that, but um, but. Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe it's just kind of like uh, loose terms, and it really doesn't mean anything. I she's <laughs> probably just the costume director, but I could be wrong. Um, and her name for episodes two through ten is Judy uh, Judy Trucan, and then the costume supervisor um, for episodes two through ten is somebody named uh, Richard Mahoney. And so I was curious to see what these people had worked on. I wondered if um, if it was anything I might recognize. And I don't recognize a whole lot of it. I'm not super good with this stuff, but I know you guys are. So I'm kind of hoping maybe <laughs> one of these things will seem familiar to you. So I'm going to guess that Michael knows at least one of them. Oh, I have a hunch. I, I have will. a feeling he's going to know one of them specifically, but that could be just oh. be me being. Is it Cowboy Bebop? <laughs> no, that's animated. <laughs> Never mind. How did you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's um, close. Um, I'll, I'll get there in a moment. It's an anime? But... <laughs> 
<laughs> so the first thing that um, I'm just kind of looking at the things that they're most known for. Um, so Judy worked on the 1981 miniseries East of Eden based on the book by John Steinbeck about the uh, Civil War mm-hmm. starring um, Timothy Bottoms and Jane Seymour. Um And then she also worked on the 1999 The Omega Code, which is about a rabbi in Jerusalem who uh, who develops software that unlocks prophecies in the Torah. You know, when we said earlier that our podcast is just going to have slurs now, I mean, maybe we should have done that. (laughs) Now we're just the anti-Semitism podcast. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I actually have heard of this one only because... Well, only because I remember... Looking at this one, I when I was trying to research the movie Pie, um, oh. because that one's also like, I mean, that one's about the number Pie, but it's like a bunch of like rabbis are trying to like, yeah, murder a dude basically. And I, I yeah. thought that movie, I thought this movie Omega Code was that movie, uh, ah. so I got them like crisscross. So I've remembered that since then. I can understand why you might confuse those. So. Richard Mahoney. Let's let's see. I I do know what this one is. He worked for the wardrobe department for Dallas. Ooh. Okay. And then also, uh, chances are the fantasy comedy romance movie where a reincarnated man unknowingly falls in love with his own daughter from a previous life, starring Sybil Shepherd and Robert Downey Jr. What the fuck? No, thank you. (laughs) Right? I I know I had the same reaction. Um (laughs) What what was the name of that again? Chances are. Chances are Chances are I won't be watching that one later. Oh I very well may watch it because it does sound terrible. I'll watch it and with you, Morgan. Yeah, oh I know. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, yeah, yeah. And then let's see. Um, so for episodes eight through twenty-two, no costume designers, but costume supervisors. Um, so you know, I guess they must have overlapped a bit. Um, a couple episodes. So Bill Flores and Joyce Unra. Um, so they worked together, and um, I didn't get a lot of information on Joyce, but Bill, um, he was working for the wardrobe department. In a 1994 movie called Impulse, about a small uh, town where an earthquake hits and the citizens start to exhibit bizarre and violent and self-destructive behavior. And that stars Tim Matheson and uh, Meg Tilly. Um, I have actually heard of this one. Interesting. Well, it looks like Tim Matheson, he was in West Wing, Animal House, and Heart of Dixie. Um, I know, I more know it. Because Meg Tilly is in it, and she's probably more famous, technically. Well, I I saw a little bit of an overlap here. Um, Bill Flores also worked on a 1989 show uh, called War in Remembrance with uh, Robert Mitchum and Jane Seymour. And we just heard that name before. Mm -hmm. So it makes me wonder if possibly Judy and Bill knew each other from, for some reason, maybe having both... um, worked on projects with Jane Seymour. So I don't really know the connection. I just thought it was kind of interesting. It's interesting. I'm looking up Bill Flores now. uh, And one of the things I think is also really interesting that he worked on is the Buddy Holly story, um, which uh, is, I don't know if if either of you know. The 70s? Yeah, the 70s one. 
which was a big uh, reason uh, why. Um, oh, why am I forgetting his name? Gary Busey. Why B- Gary Busey is famous because he played Buddy Holly in that movie. Oh. That was like his big, big break was the Buddy Holly story. Um, huh. But Bill Flores did the costume and wardrobe for that movie. Well, for men. Started from the, the bottom, woman. then he got here to Baywatch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's how that works. That song. <laughs> that famous Buddy Holly song. Yep. But the other person you talked about, Joyce. Oh, there are some things I recognized here. Uh, well, maybe I just skipped over her. Um, tell me a little bit about Joyce, will you? Joyce Unruh has done costume and wardrobe for so many things that you have heard of. Well, shit, why didn't I? Let's talk about them. (laughs) Superstore. Supergirl. Oh, Oh, wait. Happily divorced. Desperate Housewives. Costume supervisor for all 180 episodes of Desperate Housewives. The Gina Davis Show. Charmed. Suddenly Susan. Living single. MacGyver. Okay, now you're just embarrassing uh, me. I'm de- Cheers and Falcon Crest. <laughs> Sorry. I, I, I do so much research. It's just like. Um, yeah. Joyce Unruh. Wow. Lots of credits. Wow. Oh, well, shit. Maybe I just forgot that one. Um. <laughs> I should have I should have led with Joyce. Jeez. <laughs> well, there you have it, folks. The costume <laughs> team for season one of Baywatch. Um, yeah. So that's awesome. Well, after we know a little bit about the background, um, do you guys want to jump into pilot? Yeah, let's do Absolutely. it. Absolutely. So I was um, there's a couple times watching um, watching season one where I was supremely delighted to see a familiar face um and there were a couple familiar faces in the pilot episode that i was really excited about and one was shelly from twin peaks and she has eyebrows just as wonderful as shawnee's who was the other (laughs) um erica what's her last name eleniac eleniac i recognized her from an episode of full house where mm-hmm. uh, Uncle Jesse goes to his high school reunion and he sees his high school sweetheart and they dance to Muskrat Love. Um, <laughs> it really sticks out to me for some reason. Huh. Because you're a big muskrat fan. I thought you were going to say because you're a big muskrat. <laughs> I mean, that too, probably. Uh, well, I am musky. What? <laughs> Well, you are a rat. <laughs> okay, moving on. Um, moving on. So I'm going to walk you through um, everything that I saw in the pilot episode that kind of struck my fancy. Um, the first thing that I noticed um, was that people were boogie boarding in collared waterproof shirts. <laughs> Why do they have collars on them? I don't know. Yeah. I, it's a good I question. Like, I like to think that. I mean, it's always been the case that Venice is just this, I mean, this, like, melting pot of all these weird sort of outsider culture. Not like the punk outsider culture, but like the, like, really artsy-fartsy kind of stuff. Uh, And I imagine that it was something that was not normal. Uh, It was just dudes in Venice (laughs) Beach being weird and nobody wanted to deal with them at all. You know, that's what I imagine. Okay, I'll go with that. 
They also were wearing shorts and a life vest, which really made the whole ensemble look real cute. Um, And then within the first 10 minutes, I also saw something else that you told me that I would see, but I didn't really believe you. And that was Mm -hmm. I saw two chunky sweaters on the beach in the first Mm -hmm, right in the first 10 minutes. And I don't maybe I don't know a lot about California. okay? but (laughs) I mean, I, I guess I just think that might be a little bit warm, but I could be wrong because, you know, it was the winter. They're wearing them with shorts. Maybe that offsets everything. Mm. Cancels it out. Could yeah. be. I mean, the the issue for them was that they decided to shoot a pilot for a show about lifeguards in the winter. Right. Uh, and it, uh, the what happened was, is that they shot it in winter and it was too cold. So then they were like, we need to shoot it in Hawaii. And what happened was that there were real sharks and they had to hire guys with tasers <laughs> to tase the sharks so that they wouldn't bite the people. And then they were just like, fuck this. Let's move it back to California. Uh, and that's what happened. That's a good theory. I'll go with that. Um, it's not a theory. That's a fact. Oh, I'll go with that <laughs> fact. <laughs> Um, I also saw uh, Tevas, which are very trendy right now, um, much to my dismay. Um, I don't want to see anyone's bare toes. Uh, (laughs) But, you know, I was kind of delighted to hear the term crab stompers. But um, I was quickly... It's a good term. It is, and I like it a lot. Um, But then I was quickly distracted by a cameo of some people wearing fanny packs backwards. Um, (laughs) And then... uh, Okay, I'm excited about this one, you guys. Ooh. Thorpe? Ooh. Well, I'm not excited about Thorpe. He sucks. Mm. But he was mm-hmm. having a team huddle, talking about the gala honoring their new head honcho, and he set the mood by saying maybe one of my favorite lines of the entire season, which is, Ooh. it is a fish tie only affair. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how we didn't catch that when we were talking about this episode. I don't know. That is amazing. I love it. (laughs) Um, There's a lot of gems in in the pilot. Um, And then quickly, uh, I I heard you guys talk about this on on your episode, but I have to bring it back up because it was so delightful. Um, Shawnee's first day showing up in the red monokini. And um, it's so hilariously impractical. And I have to imagine that they told them what the rules were before Mm -hmm. they started this job, you know? So she shows up in this crazy little monokini, and Mitch tells her that she needs to change because there's no place for her to put the lifeguard patch. So she says that she can sew one on, and Mitch asks, where? And then the camera pans down to her crotch. Mm -hmm. Classic. Yeah, this this show... Definitely suffers from just a whole lot of male gaze in the cinematography. Yes. Like, who boy. <laughs> the scene is also just, it's not realistic because Shawnee went to school to be a lifeguard. Mm-hmm. So she should know that wouldn't work for lifeguard. And Shawnee's not right? dumb. Shawnee's actually pretty smart. No, Shawnee's exactly. very smart. Not like Eddie. Fuck Eddie. And- he's, he's a dumb fuck. And I imagine that if this show had, like, sound effects and a laugh track, when they panned down to her crotch, it would have gone, 
God, I do very badly want to see the like slapstick cut of Baywatch where they just put in like slide whistles and clown no, nose horns and like. Morgan. Even better. Do you know that that uh that edited clip where they get the Final Fantasy ten laugh? They go, ah ha, ha, ha with Titus. Ah, that one. <laughs> yes, exactly. They should get that for that scene. That would be oh, perfect. I haven't thought yeah. about that in so long. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I really did like that scene a whole lot. And I got to say, going into this, um, like I mentioned before, I really did think I was going to be talking about swimsuits more. Um, so I'll say my little piece about swimsuits now. If you like me and you want me back for season uh, three, when Pamela Anderson really makes the swimsuit quite popular, I'll talk a little bit more about it then. <laughs> but um Hey, we'll see how I do. Um, so if you want to know a little bit about the swimsuit um, before we move on to normal clothes. Um, <laughs> the um, So interestingly, the swimsuit was actually designed by um, TYR, which is a, a, a company that makes competition swimwear. Um, and every swimsuit was actually made to the specs of the actress. So they would kind of oh. play up their um, their assets, their curves. You know, they don't all have the <laughs> same uh, hip rise on the side. They right. don't all have the same scoop in the front. They really just kind of made them whatever would look the most attractive on that model, which I thought was pretty interesting. I'm I'm not surprised by that. Like, I think right now about just how the cut for Jill and for Shawnee was extremely different. Not just... Yeah. And not just because, like, they're very different body types, but if you think about, like, the swimsuit itself, the swimsuit also seems like it was cut differently. And this is way more effort than they put into, men, here are some baggish shorts. Put them on. <laughs> Go. <laughs> you are not wrong. And, you know, because they made these swimsuits specifically to the specs of these women, it was in their... Um, it was in their con- contracts that they were not allowed to gain weight at all. Because, um, you know. Cool. Super fun. Super yep. inclusive. Mm-hmm. Yep. Love it. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Hollywood. Yep. Hollywood, an industry that has no problems and has always done well by women. Sex mm-hmm. sells, baby. Mm-hmm. Anyway. God. Ugh. <laughs> 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 <sighs> <sighs> Um, so let's see. Oh, yeah. We get to this gala later, uh, the fish tie only affair. Um, <laughs> and everyone is in their full fish tie regalia. And it, and it did not disappoint. Um, so imagine, um, or she- Shelly, what's her name in the show? Lori. Lori. Um, <laughs> um, I loved that she played a crazy person. She did it so oh, well. Yeah. So well. Yeah. Um, but she is, uh, she's wearing this really pretty dress. It's very dated, of course, but I thought it was really pretty on her. It was a, um, kind of like a tank, low back, scoop black, um, fitted dress, but then it had a drop waist with a really pretty cobalt blue metallic skirt. Um, and then she had these giant blue matching earrings and she looked gorgeous. Um, she is one of those people that she doesn't really need any makeup at all. And she's just completely striking. Um, and Gina is wearing um, one of my favorite outfits uh, in the in the season, probably. It's this wow. Western style dress. And I'm 90 percent sure um, that I know the brand. 
Um, a little bit about me. Wow. I love vintage. <laughs> I collect it. I have for a really long time. It's my passion. Um, and I really, really love Western style stuff. And um, mm-hmm. so if I had to guess, I think that this brand might be a brand called Lilia Smitty. Um, I wanted you guys to Google it and tell me if you think you can see it. Um, I I shared a picture with you guys of this beautiful blue dress that, um, that Gina's wearing. It's light blue. It has kind of like a Swiss waist that goes right under the bust. It has these, um, white decals under the popped collar. Um, but it's very Dolly Parton. Yeah. And, um, I don't know. I think I could be on the right track with the brand there. It looks really, it looks really similar, but I guess I can't tell because of the fringes on the Lilia Smitty. Or the, the tassels mm-hmm. there. That's the part that makes me wonder if it is the exact same brand. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but they look really similar. Definitely similar era, similar style. Yeah. The, like, base turquoise, definitely. I can see that between the, like, Google image results and the image you sent of this dress. Like, the it's definitely at least borrowing from the same inspiration, if nothing else. Yeah, totally. And then... Something happens. Oh, I actually have a quick question about that. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, so, I mean, I look at the Celia Smitty or the like the image results there. And the, yeah, I mean, this screams more Dolly Parton to me. But Gina's dress to me seems like a combination of that, but also like this really 80s look. Oh, thing. yeah. Do you get that? Like, totally. I feel like it's it's partially the popped collar with the zipper. Maybe, but like that color of blue seems like this very like 80s and early 90s blue. Yeah. Am I on the right track? Oh, yeah. This is totally, totally that era. Um, You're not wrong at all. And you can, I don't know if you can tell, but there's enormous shoulder pads under there. Like they're huge. Oh, I can. Yeah, I can see that. Gina has a really small frame and this, these shoulder pads make her look so much taller and wider. Um, and I, I love that. Um, I, for someone who collects vintage, I'm constantly cutting shoulder pads out of things. And I actually really kind of have a newfound appreciation for shoulder pads after watching this season, because it really can kind of add a lot of structure to an outfit. And sometimes it looks really awesome. I always think it looks crazy on me and it makes me look like my shoulders are like 10 feet wide. But then when I see it on someone (laughs) else, I actually think it looks kind of striking. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a very different silhouette. Mm -hmm. Like it's so it's it's so of its era that it's like hard to divorce it from from that context. But I don't know. I mean, I feel like I feel like we're due for a resurgence of shoulder pads like you know, fashion cyclical and all that. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. It's really interesting <laughs> that this is the style that they chose for Gina Hex Gina rather than um, Holly Gagner's Gina, who is mm-hmm. just very different in fashion. Yeah. You're right. But I will say both of them have a very um, have a very unique look and a, in a positive way. I really like both of their wardrobe choices. Um, yeah. Yeah. Definitely some of the most interesting and I love this scene, too, because um, Madchen goes and, and she sits um, with Gina and she knows that Gina is Craig's wife and she's 
kind of playing the game and flirting. Oh, can I wear your blush? And Gina kind of says a little snarky, mm, it's a little dark for you. And she's like, <laughs> she's like, mm, I like dark. And then um, she's like, it's lifeguard. He saved my life. I just can't stop thinking about him. And then Gina kind of rolls her eyes. And then when they leave, she points out Craig to Gina and she says, that's him. That's the one that saved me. And I just thought this part was really funny because last time we saw Craig, he was wearing a suit at this fish tie only gala. <laughs> and he's since taken off his jacket and now he's just wearing a wife beater. Um, yes. Where did, his, where did his jacket go? Everyone else is wearing nice stuff. Just a thought. Yeah, <laughs> I I would like to propose a theory that um, fish tie events actually just mean everyone wear tank tops and it's everyone else who's against the dress code. That's an interesting. I have take. a I have a second theory. Yes. My theory is based off of the fan fiction that we have read. And that is that <laughs> Craig has taken off his jacket now with a wife beater only, to expose his arms because his fish gills need some oh, air. Oh, this is true. Can I, uh, this is true. Can I interject here? Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> so there's, like, Craig fan fiction out there? Uh, yes. <laughs> oh, we... You, I, did you not listen to my four-part reading of the one where Craig turns into a merman? Oh, my God. How did I miss that? I know, right? <laughs> There's lots of just straight on BG and BB Craig fan fiction. Mm-hmm. Reader, I love Craig. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, it's no secret. I think he's the most handsome man on the entire show. Um, love him. Is he kind of an ass? Yeah. Do I like that about him? <laughs> Definitely. Uh, I know Michael doesn't agree with me on this one. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> yes. Morgan, what's your take on Craig? I, I, I don't know. Be honest. I, I think I can see why he is attractive, but he's not so much my type. That's fine. More for me. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, um, I, mean, I, I get why he's attractive. I just like, uh, Maybe it's not the way he looks, and it's more that he's just kind of a dick that makes him cute to me, which is a personal problem. Um, <laughs> so why not Court? Because Court's more of a dick. Oh, no, Court's not my type. Um, but, but he's a bigger dick. But my roommate does like Court. Um, <laughs> okay, there you go. Yes. She she saw me watching, the. I think it must have been the first episode with Court in it, and she, she wasn't really watching. She was just kind of hanging around, and she, she kind of stopped, and she was like, well, hello. <laughs> so wait, this is important here. So if Valerie is getting Craig and her roommate is getting Court, Morgan, which which men of Baywatch do we get? <laughs> um, I mean, you can get first dibs. Yeah, I was gonna say my my first <laughs> choice, honestly, is still on the table, and it's one where I'm very distinctly not picking him for his personality. Can I guess? Yeah, absolutely, Eddie. You are dead right. Oh, I knew it. <laughs> and I knew it, especially when you said personality, because Eddie's so dumb. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I, he would drive me 
completely fucking insane inside of a week if I were actually dating or sleeping with him. But he is very pretty to me. Oh, yes. He's gorgeous. Okay, I think he has a good heart at the end of the day, but he's really stupid. And he's really impulsive. Yes. Yes. I, for me, I, I a little bit like... I kind of grew up with a lot of people who were similar to him in personality. And so there's a little bit of that just like, oh, this is like back when I was a dumb teenager doing random dumb teenager things. And so there's like, I don't want to say nostalgia because that's too positive of a word for how I feel about it. <laughs> but, um, you know. <laughs> well, how about you, Michael? So. I. Who do you think I'm going to pick? Oh, because I have a real I have a real answer. Can I guess? It's not a joke answer. Can I guess? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Please. I feel like I want to say Trevor. But I feel like I might be wrong. Um, Good guess. I was going to no. go Mitch. No, you're both oh, wait, wrong. I can Ooh. I have another guess. Yeah. <laughs> OK. Is he like a, um, is he a recurring character? Or is he just in like one? Episode? That's too much of a hint. <laughs> yeah, he's on the show more than once. OK, 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 OK. Um, oh my god, is it Thorpe? <laughs> no! It's Officer Garner Ellerby. Oh my god, that's such a good choice. He's a badass. Garner yeah. is fantastic. He's like, he's a cool dude. He seems like he'd be fun to chill with. He's just like level-headed. And you know, based on my mishearings of everything he says, he's down with the Rifa. Not Aretha, but Aretha. <laughs> so we can just chill and smoke weed in a hot tub. I love yeah. that. He always saves the day. He does. Plus, plus, he has some amazing shorts. He just looks great in shorts. But he only wears them begrudgingly. <laughs> well, just like he only begrudgingly deals with the water, the air, probably fire, probably earth. The lifeguards. <laughs> just, He's the just sand. the he's just the anti Captain Planet. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that was fun. I love a good guessing game. Mm-hmm. Well, I can't guess what you're going to tell us next. Well, okay, I'm excited about this because <laughs> um, this is something I actually had to rewind because it happened so quickly, and I I watched it several times, and I still don't really understand it. But Ooh. um. Eventually, uh, back at Craig and Gina's house, which A, is not the same house they live in for the rest of the season, and B, is so just weird. Like, it's this weird loft style thing with all this very um, spiritual, um, like, decor, but it's also very angular and modern looking, and I just don't quite get, I don't get it. It yeah. makes me think of every every grandparent who lives in Florida, like what they want their house to look like. That's what I really? think it looks like. At least it's what my grandpa wanted his house to look like. <laughs> I only had one grandpa. I mean, the other one died. So, I mean, like, that's the only one I got to go off of. I feel like I got big, like, swinger hippie vibes from it. Like, they're they're not, like, old. Oh, they are like, swingers for hippies, sure. Oh, you're so right, like, Michael. <laughs> into into new age spiritualism kind of hippies and yeah there's i mean there's no way they don't swing like just just look at them and look at the apartment yeah and Valerie. how how quickly they invite eddie into their house to 
share a closet with them. I already know what you're going to ask me, Michael, and the answer is absolutely not. I don't share. Um, (laughs) No, that wasn't going to be what I was going to ask. Morgan, cut that out. (laughs) What I was going to ask is, do you think you were born in the wrong decade? So you, because if you were born in the right decade, you could have swinged with Parker Stevenson. Yeah, but I like all the rights and shit that I have now, so. Yeah. I don't know, it's a trade-off. You mean like you mean like the right to watch Amazon Prime, or do you mean like suffrage? Um, fun fact. That's a great joke. Fun, fun fact. In fourth grade. Fun fact. I can't. Vote. Um, I really didn't like my fourth grade English teacher. Um, I thought she thought she knew too much, and I knew she knew too little. And so I thought I'd pull a fast one over her. And after class one day, I said, "Miss W, uh, what? How do you feel about women's suffrage?" And she said, well, I think it should end. <laughs> uh, what? what the fuck? <laughs> That's all I remember. Shit. But it really shocked me. And I wasn't sure yeah. if she was fucking with me or not. Um, yeah. I still don't no, know. No, she was not. That's that's a pretty wild thing. You should to find her on Facebook. <laughs> find her on Facebook, message her, and we'll see. I don't know, man. That's that's the only thing I remember from that class, if that says anything at all about her. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Or about me. I'm not sure. <laughs> Maybe there's a lot of trauma there. Uh, um, back to me. Um, so no I'm kidding. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, yeah. Um, you can cut all that. Um, so. Nope. <laughs> So this happens so quickly. Um, Craig is standing up on um, on the second level, and there is a dress mounted on the wall as an art fixture. It's a silver dress with a big, oh. full pleated silver skirt, and it's maybe on screen for three seconds, and you never see it again. I thought it was a bat. No, yeah, I thought it was a big moth. <laughs> I, I have a picture of it. It's right after the Dolly Parton picture. Um, and it is, I, what do you think? Like, so my first thoughts were maybe it's like maybe a wedding dress, but it doesn't look like a wedding dress. So I've, I've had this picture up for a little while now. Cause I assume that's what we're talking about next. And literally until you told me just now that it was a dress, even though I have it up on my monitor enlarged, I did still think Same. it was a moth. Um, Same. <laughs> Okay, so this is a full sweep skirt and it's pulled all the way up on the sides and pinned to the wall. So it so imagine if I'm standing there with a big skirt and I'm holding the ends out with both my arms all the way. But Mm -hmm. why is there a metal plate? Where? I thought you said there was a metal plate in the middle. What's that silver? It's it's not metal. It's just metallic like it is like a shiny silver fabric. That's just the bodice. Oh, okay. I was like, is this, are we going full Brunhilde here? Like, is this like battle armor? <laughs> what is this? Why is it here? Who chose yeah. it? Yeah. I like to think that in, in, because the rest of Baywatch is clearly just a dying dream after this first episode's reality. And the <laughs> fake Gina in the rest of the episodes, who is a, in quotes, artist, uh, is actually dreaming up her whole career based on this one piece of art right here that she does not understand at all. <laughs> um, I like to think that this represents the, um, 
her trying to fly towards the light of creativity, since this looks like a moth. It is not a moth, okay? I know. (laughs) (laughs) But but counterpoint, what if it was? Ooh. It it does kind of look like it has that, like, texture of a moth where you touch it and then your fingers look ashy, like you touch, like, an ashtray after. How many moths do you touch? Yeah, that was my question. (laughs) I've never touched a moth. Have you never, never, like, had a moth in your house and you, like, had to get it out so you grab... Whatever. Okay, moving on. I kill it. I I smash that little thing. I I mean, I just use, like, a like a Tupperware container, but I'm not ethical. So. Um, now all your listeners know that I am cruel and unusual. Okay. Um. <laughs> what do they know about Valerie? Well, she likes Craig and she touches moths for fun. Okay. Well, uh, well um, that's my recap of the pilot episode. A um, lot of really interesting things in there that caught my eye. Um, uh, I have a question for you about the pilot episode, which is there is one piece of fashion in there we spent some time talking about in our review that you did not. Oh, wow. Uh, which is uh, Shelly slash Lori at one point has a kimono. Yes, when she's standing like. up on the tower. Yeah, and that seemed just so out of odds for everything else in this episode. Uh, I do you have any thoughts about it? Yes, I do. So that is like a, that's a negligee. It's like a, it's an evening robe that you would wear to bed. Um, I, I know a negligee is, but it, the pattern seemed very kimono-like. Yeah, no, it totally, I mean, it definitely has that, oh my God, sorry, I just smashed the microphone. Okay, <laughs> Jesus. Oh, no um, worries. <laughs> you've been startled me. Um, yeah, it is um, definitely very kimono-like. Um, my thought was that she was probably wearing lingerie underneath it, um, and she was trying to seduce Craig. I think that's one of the scenes where... So there's multiple versions of the pilot. Um, there's a censored version, and there's an uncensored version. And the uncensored version, there's actually boobies. Um, oh my god. Really? There's, yes, well, shit, I watched the wrong version then. Damn, me too. Yeah. No, so the Baywatch pilot was one where they had to put an extra, like, graphic rating on it because there is hmm. nudity in the episode. She flashed Craig uh, against his will. Are you trying to defend <laughs> Craig because you like him or because you like consent? I'm just going to go ahead and say... No one should flash anyone without knowing no. it's okay with them first. That is just yes. so wrong. I think I think her, that is that is yeah, a good rule that we her, should all agree on. Her character is morally flawed. So this makes sense. I just yeah, I think she's just delusional. Um Yeah. But yeah, I you're right. I didn't comment on that, but I de- it I remember it. It sticks out to me. Um Maybe because I have a big collection of vintage robes. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. She's just a little nutty, and I kind of like her for it. Yeah. Um, well, sorry, but I'm going to go straight to episode <laughs> seven. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. The Drowning Pool. Um, this is the episode where Jill turns into Nancy Drew and investigates the mysterious <laughs> death of the old man who drowns by her tower. Um, this is a very dramatic episode. The the initial thought I have on this episode is the first screenshot you sent us just has the caption, 
in square brackets men and the words no. And I love it. I love this <laughs> screenshot. I'm going to be posting this to my social media later because I do think yes, it's very funny. That is funny, Morgan. I didn't even notice that. <laughs> <laughs> that yes. So, um, yeah, I really liked uh, the first outfit that really stuck out to me is one of Shawnee's finest. She is wearing a knee length tank top a singlet kind of leotard outfit with a gray sweatshirt tied around her waist. But the front of this, um, I, I guess it's, it's actually not yellow. It's, um, it's like lime green. It has these two clear vinyl squares mm-hmm. right in the middle on the chest. <laughs> why? I don't know why, but because you want to know my first thought here. And and maybe yes. maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just a sweaty girl. But um, you, you can <laughs> you can cut that too, Morgan. Um, <laughs> but I imagine she would get boob cloud in that mm. little boob window, right? Like that's mm. yeah, that's a really good point. Not being someone with boobs myself, I can't say it occurred to me at the time of watching the episode. But now that you mention it. Yeah, that's going to fog up like real fast and just look weird. Yeah, boob fog. (laughs) It's a problem. We need to address it. Um. I have an alternate theory. (laughs) What is that? My alternate theory is this is her superhero outfit, and those are the the plates that block bullets. Mm. So it's only effective if she gets shot in that one tiny little spot. What? Where else would you shoot? <laughs> Good point. The head? I mean, no. It's also the the boob window is one thing, but then the second just like belly button window that is significantly smaller than the other one truly just throws me for a loop. And like, I, it feels I like they forgot something <laughs> there or like they messed up like, oh, shit, I cut it in the wrong place. Oh, I'll patch it up. I'm just going to say right now, if your belly button is there, Morgan, you might need to go to, well, to the doctor. <laughs> Morgan, I have lots of questions. Uh, I likely do not have answers. Just yeah. warning you now. Okay, that's that's fair. This outfit is, we talked about it in the episode. It's so jarring. It, it's, I love it. I, I love how bright it is. I love the vibrancy. It's very electric. It feels very Crayola crayon. Uh, I, I wish there was more of just a wacky, out of, like compared to everything else in the same scene, wacky color blocking like this. Oh yeah. Shawnee has some of the craziest outfits. Yeah. yeah, especially compared to like Jill in this episode, who's like, "But what if Canadian tuxedo?" <laughs> Jill doesn't get enough credit. No, she does not. Well, back to Jill, her little boyfriend in this episode, um, her murderous boyfriend, and I gotta say, I can't even remember if he ended up being the one who killed the man nope. or if it was the wife. Uh, nope. Or the brother? Yep. Cool. Someone. There's a lot of murder in this season. Um, But he's walking onto the beach and he's looking a little suspicious. And primarily because he's wearing a thick sweater and what looks to be baggy wool slacks and boat shoes. Mm. But his sleeves are rolled up, which probably helps with the heat, right? Yeah, sure. that's how that works. Sure. But he just kind of walks up 
He looks around in this silly little outfit, and then he walks away. And I don't get it. I love this sweater. I I, I really like it for some reason, even though it looks like it, it looks like someone tried to microblade his chest. Um, <laughs> well, I can't, but I still love it. I can't tell if it's like a waffle knit or if it is speckled or I'm not really sure what's going on here. Genius. That's what's going on. But I don't care <laughs> because I don't care. I don't I don't agree with the whole sweater wearing thing on the beach. Sorry. Morgan. It's a little weird. No, no, no. I so I'm pro sweater. I am distinctly not pro sweater on the beach. It just feels like a recipe for sand and disaster. Morgan, to quote <laughs> a message I sent to you just a few hours ago, just remember we're all fruit in a giant fruit salad. And you right now are being anti some of the fruit out there. <laughs> and honestly, I cannot accept that in the salad that is Baywatch Rookie School. You need to get out. Well, mm-hmm. if this guy was part of the fruit salad, he would be the honeydew because no one wants him and he's bland. Mm-hmm. So Thank you. <laughs> out, honeydew fans everywhere. Also, get out of the fruit salad. <laughs> the Wiggles are in terror right yummy, now. Yummy, 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 yummy fruit salad. <laughs> we were just watching before this. The Wiggles today released a cover of a Tame Impala song, uh, which makes no sense <laughs> ultimately, uh, but is amazing. Wow. Wait, I didn't even know the Wiggles were still together, man. Ah, uh, yeah, no, they rebranded. So now the lead singers, this woman who, like, wasn't really into music. She was like a child educator. And then she like started singing a little bit and they were like, you have a great voice. You should be in the wiggles. Uh, and the, cause the main guy got like, was it pancreatic cancer? He got some sort of cancer Jesus. and he like collapsed on stage and was like, I should give this up. Um, there's too much, too much drama in the universe of singing to little kids. Too much wiggling. <laughs> That's sad. I didn't know that. <laughs> Aww. Yeah, yeah, no, but the Wiggles are still around. They're, this is the 30th year what? of the Wiggles. What? They're wow. 30 years old as a band. Wow. Do you know Hot Potato? They're older than Nirvana. <laughs> potato, potato, potato. Uh, okay. Um. Mash banana, mash banana. Do, do. I, for all the listeners out there, I don't think I've revealed this on the podcast before. I own on CD the best of the Wiggles. Um, why? Because I love the Wiggles. I feel like we must have talked about this at least once on the podcast, but I could be wrong. Nope. Uh, I don't think we have. Um, but, uh, it's, it serves a very important place in my catalog right next to my box set collection of the works of the Smiths. So, you know, (laughs) just all fitting music. I can respect that. I mean, there's some real bangers, um, that they put out. Back in the day. I assume you mean the Smiths. <laughs> <laughs> Only you decide. Um, <laughs> Woo! Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, there's another quote in this episode that I really, really love. And I, I can't remember who says it. I didn't write it down. I tried to find it and I couldn't. Maybe you can tell me. Um... Ooh, you've got me quaking in my thongs. <laughs> oh, Mitch. No, I think it's I think Trevor. It's 
Oh, maybe it's Trevor. I almost spit it's out one. my LaCroix. <laughs> it's one of those two for sure. You're right. That really does seem like something Trevor would say. You see, Trevor and Mitch are just like diametrically opposed in some ways, but also they're a yin-yang of the same character. Do you think they kind of look similar? A little bit. Yeah. I guess. I mean, Trevor is hotter. Well, they're he's much younger. He's hotter. <laughs> okay. I will- <laughs> <laughs> He's got a hotter face. Okay, yeah, no, sure, but they're both cute. Um Oh, oh, I mean, again, remember, a 10 out of 10 episode of sniffing Mitch's abs, so clearly, like, we love Mitch. <laughs> Not what I thought you were going to say. Okay. Um, rookie School, episode 8. This is the episode where Eddie is house-sitting for Gina and Craig, and he lets that dangerous girl named Amy stay with him, and uh, Trevor tries to become a county lifeguard, and also, it's the name of this podcast. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, well, I think that we all know the first interesting sartorial thing that happens in this episode, which is when Amy is, uh, she's in a car chase with her boyfriend. Uh, she's in a red convertible and she gets out of the car and she's running toward the beach and, uh, she's kind of behind this sandy dune and she just so happens to be wearing a bodysuit that is the exact same size as a one-piece swimsuit and a completely see-through mesh overskirt, which she throws off and then she jumps into the water or she runs into the water and begins swimming away. How convenient. Yeah. I very specifically remember this moment, um, even without yes. going back to my notes, because it struck me as... Truly just the most plot contrivance plot contrivance. It's like, like <laughs> very clearly, a man wrote this. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. I was going to say, I admit I admit to being, you know, a guy, but I, I don't think I've ever just casually worn a swim outfit under, like, my running from the mob clothes. <laughs> but here, this, that's the thing. I don't think it's a swimsuit. I think it's a bodysuit, which is, oh, okay. which is like... Very popular kind of top, which snaps at the crotch, and it's nice because um, you don't have to tuck your shirt in. Mm. And I think that's what that is. Um, It doesn't look like the texture of a swimsuit either. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it doesn't look like it would necessarily go through water that well. But imagine the overskirt is mesh, so she's walking around town with her cheeks hanging out, and... You know, that was a look that came back Ooh. a couple years ago. The whole, um, you could get like a sheer skirt that actually had like a built in, like kind of panty thing. And it was, su- mm-hmm. it's supposed to be see through. I don't agree with it. It just is. Um, <laughs> but it looked cute on her and it was very convenient for what she needed in the moment. So I'm not complaining. I just thought it was funny. Um, I think, I think the phrase, I don't agree with it. But it is really just sums up how I feel about Baywatch as a show in general. (laughs) (laughs) But um, next, something happens in this episode that I had to rewind it a couple of times just to make sure that I was really seeing what I was seeing. And that is Gina is trying to check in early to the uh, Seven Tennis Court Hotel um, (laughs) three hours early, which is really funny to me. Because she is literally wearing three 
watches on her mm. wrist. Three watches. Oh my God. These aren't bracelets. She's wearing three different watches. I You're Googled right. it. I was like, what is the significance of wearing three watches? I Googled everything. <laughs> no, nothing. This isn't a thing. I don't get it. If you could make up a theory, though, like a weird unifying Baywatch universe theory for the three watches, what would it be? She's selling art in three different time zones. I don't know. <laughs> That's actually pretty, pretty, it's better than our theories. <laughs> <laughs> tell me, tell me your theories. I mean, okay. Wait, wait. How much first, time do we get? First, did you notice this until I pointed it out? No. No. But I've already come up with a theory. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay. Enlighten me. My theory is that Gina is actually also a superhero, but specifically in the DC universe, which focuses a lot on time travel, specifically in the realm of my favorite superhero, Booster Gold, a man who is cursed to be the least popular superhero ever because no one knows what he actually fucking does because he erases everything that he does because he's a time traveler. I think she's a time traveler. I think she keeps those watches to always keep sync with where she is because she's sometimes in the future. She's sometimes in the past. Sometimes she's in the present. She has to keep track. And each of those watches is set to a different time. What is she fucking so she Hermione Granger? No, she's only ever worn this this one time. I like that you're like time travel first character, Hermione Granger. <laughs> Not like every other character ever. <laughs> Hermione Granger, the character who does time travel for one scene. What is she, Two scenes. What is she, Rachel McAdams and the time traveler's wife? No. <laughs> well, maybe because Rachel McAdams and the time traveler's wife also is just banging. Uh, you can cut that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I that can. Is a, I can, in theory. It is It is technically, though, a stunt double. Uh, and by stunt, I mean strip. Uh, stripping is a stunt. Um, and by stripping, I don't mean, like, being a stripper. I just mean taking off your clothes is apparently too much of a stunt for Rachel McAdams. Morgan, what's your theory? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, all of that has been I don't, a theory. I don't agree with Michael's theory. I'm, I'm open to others. That's, that's fair. Yeah, so I do I do have an alternate theory. Um and my alternate theory is that she is wearing those three watches uh because she likes them. Fuck That's off. probably <laughs> I don't know why that just pissed me off so much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> People don't wear fashion because they like it. <laughs> they wear fashion because it makes them uncomfortable and people think it looks good. Thanks, Morgan. I hate it. Um. <laughs> I do have to say, my job here things, is done. <laughs> one of the things that stood out to me about Gina was consistently, I, not the three watches part, but I really liked her fashion for the most part throughout the season. I thought it was pretty fucking good. Yeah. I won't disagree with that. Oh. Well. Were you, did you want me to disagree with you about something? I want you to be honest. I told, I said <laughs> in the beginning of all of this, I said I really like Gina's wardrobe. Okay. I'm not fighting it with you okay. about it. Okay. I, I like. Don't fight with me. <laughs> I really do like Gina's outfits. I'm just jealous of her because I love her husband, okay? Um, <laughs> which uh, leads me to my next point. Um, mm -hmm. 
Okay, while Gina is fighting with the, albeit kind of pervy guy at the front desk at the hotel, Mm -hmm. um, Amy, um, back at her house with Eddie, she is rifling through her closet back home. Um, and this scene upsets me for a couple reasons. Um, mostly because she clearly pulls this clubbing dress from very obviously Craig's side of the closet. And it's mixed in (laughs) with all of his polo shirts. And I'm like, this is not how a shared closet works. This is how no one's closet works. Listen, we know they're swingers already. Yes. You never know. (laughs) Maybe that's Craig's dress. Like, listen. (laughs) Oh, yeah. He's got he's got the ass to pull off a dress. Are you really going to sit here and disagree with me on that? (laughs) I like that. I like that. (laughs) He would look good in a dress. Oh, yeah. He'd look Damn. really pretty. Um, I won't deny that. But we need to look if there's any like acting roles where Parker Stevenson wore a dress. Or just find find any fan fiction of Craig and a Wait dress. a second. Wait a second. This calls for Google. Parker Stevenson <laughs> in a dress. Uh, well, let's see here. No, there's just a lot more uh Beach Boys ripoff headshots. Um, mm. So unfortunately, no. But there's a lot of pictures of him with people in dresses. Yeah, I and feel like I feel like this era, this era was still too firmly homophobic for him to be caught in a role with a dress, unless it was played off as some sort of terrible joke. But yeah. it's unfortunate because I I would like to see that man's butt in a dress. If I'm being honest here. Well, hell yeah. well while uh while amy is putting on craig's dress um eddie is (laughs) failing miserably at doing a just the most basic chore of making a pot of coffee um and i and i shouldn't say that because i text i texted my roommate from the next room yesterday morning and I asked her to make me coffee because I don't know how to do it. Um, <laughs> so I really shouldn't say that, but it's true. He really got it everywhere. Um, yeah, and <laughs> it's impressive. It's impressive because it's just a drip coffee maker. Like it's not some like fancy espresso, like you have to like dial in the pressure correctly or anything. He manages to make a drip coffee maker just like comically explode coffee all over himself and the kitchen. And it is amazing. It really is. <laughs> um, and so Amy walks out of, of the room and she's in uh, the studded dress and she's wearing... A, she's wearing... How do I say this? I've thought about this a lot. I could use a lot of words to describe this. It's like a fascinator derby hat, but it's also like a visor and it's black and red, and it has, like, maybe it's not. No, it is a visor. It has big red yeah. flowers on it. It doesn't make sense. I see it no. sitting, like, on a sh- on the shelf eye level when she's in the closet, but it seems very much on display. And the thing about it that bothers me is you never see Gina wear either of these things. And nope. also, I can't imagine her wearing this hat. No. Um, no. No. This hat from this angle makes it look like it's a fireman's hat. You're so right. I cannot get that out of my head. I just don't get it. It's truly the weirdest. I struggle to even call it a hat because, yeah, it's just the brim and then the flowers on the front of it. 
Yeah, like, yeah. it's like a weird visor. It looks like she's going to Hawkinson with her grandmother's gardening club. Like I, <laughs> I, I, when I first saw this, like the first thing I thought was like a little bit of a poor choice of outfit for like a funeral. That's kind of what it feels like. Like it feels like extravagant yeah. funeral wear that totally. you also maybe have made some bad choices in life about. It's the kind of dress you show up to a funeral in if your intention is to get really drunk and start hitting on people. Uh, hence the swingers outfits. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, she's totally a swinger as well. <laughs> Back at the seven-layer tennis court hotel, uh, Craig mm-hmm. is pissed because the neighbors are having a little too much fun. Um, he pulls the <laughs> bedspread off of Gina and effortlessly <laughs> wraps it around himself like a toga. Um, and this is one of my favorite couture moments from the show. Um, it, it It is this <laughs> very ornate um, embroidered duvet. And he really wraps it around himself quite nicely, tossed across his chest over one shoulder. And I just think he looks so lovely. Yeah, this is one I actually have information on. You do? Uh, really? Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> wasn't expecting the, that. <laughs> yeah. yeah the insp- I, again, I do a lot of research for this show, and some <laughs> doesn't make it into the podcast. Um this scene was actually just an inspiration. Uh, the inspiration they, they they were taking from was Animal House. Uh, because oh my God. they wanted to do a scene where it's just toga, toga. Uh, but they, they ultimately, Parker Stevenson was like, I don't want to be shouting like toga, toga. But that's what it they took from. Uh, this is one of um, Bill Flores' episodes, and he was on the, the wardrobe team for Animal House. Holy yep. shit. Okay. Yep. Huh. Wow. Yep, and that's why they did it. They took the they took what they had in the hotel and they made a makeshift Animal House toga. Well, shit. That's wild. Yep. This is also. I was going to say to confirm this is this is the photo you've drawn the heart on, correct, Valerie? I never admitted to that. <laughs> there, dear listener, there are hearts in here on photos of Craig because she is not kidding that she really loves Craig. He's cute, okay? Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not judging. <laughs> I judge unconditionally. Anyway, uh, thanks for telling me that, Michael. That's really interesting, and I love that little parallel we just drew. I, it was like, he was like, well, it worked once. Let's do it again. Um. <laughs> well, he was like, you know, I think one day this is going to be as big as Animal House. So It was <laughs> also, this, this was the first episode that this guy worked on. Um, so he used oh. all of his tricks just <laughs> right off the bat. Um. Okay, new theory. What if everything Bill Flores worked on, he threw in a toga? <laughs> That would be amazing. At this point, I don't know for sure that you're not wrong about that. So we'll have to come back. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Well, yeah, 10 out of 10. I really loved that episode. It was really silly. And also my favorite part, um, when they're leaving, um, when the annoying, loud married couple is leaving the hotel, um, the (laughs) Gina and Craig speak to them outside and the husband says, we have to go. Valerie fell on her face. <laughs> and I thought that was funny. 
Because <laughs> I do do that often. And I saved it as a screenshot on my phone because nice. it's just very applicable to my life. Um, <laughs> That's great. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Um, uh, episode nine, Cruise Ship. Mm-hmm. This is the episode oh, where um, Shawnee dates the horrible excuse for a human being that you like the outfits of so much, Michael. Um, he gives he gives Shawnee arguably the worst makeup black eye I've ever seen. Um, and mm-hmm. yep. Mitch and Craig save the party boat from crashing into the Santa Monica Pier. Um, so there's a lot going on in this episode. This episode made me feel a lot of things. Um, I know I talked to you, Michael, after I watched it and I was like, God, I feel so much anger and Mm -hmm. like, but you're right. I, about that. I think that they had a nice message in there and then Shawnee really Mm -hmm. stood up for herself and, you know, she, she got rid of the awful guy that was abusing her and it was just hard to watch, but, um, Oh yeah. Yeah. But it was good episode. Yeah, I agree. Um, the episode starts with a bride um, in a huge cream puff wedding dress, um, veil and all. She's kind of hanging precariously on the side of a yacht and just taking it all in. And surprise, surprise, she falls in. Um, so I, I Googled it. The average wedding dress weighs about seven pounds. Um, so Holy I shit. have to guess that the uh, late 80s style, it probably weighed more than that. And I would imagine that if she fell into the water wearing that, that she would just get sucked straight to the ocean floor. I mean, you couldn't yep. tread water in that. Like, there's so many skirts and petticoats and bullshit going on there. So I thought it was quite funny um but alas she was saved by trevor (laughs) this is also if i remember correctly this is the episode where uh brian cranston is the one running yes the party boat yeah yeah his 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 fashion from it i remember is mostly (laughs) just like t-shirts and shorts right yeah i thought i thought it was it, it it seemed very then brian cranston so later, um, Craig and Jill are sampling the hors d'oeuvres at a party, which is my favorite party activity. Um, and this <laughs> is where you meet Shawnee's disgusting boyfriend. Um, but I couldn't pay too much attention because uh, Shawnee was wearing a really cute little sweater with like confetti and sparkles and stuff on it. And I, I was going to include oh. a picture, but I think I left it out. Um, but it was... Uh, it was just a cute sweater and I liked it. It had like little spirals of like ribbons and sparkles and shit. Um, but, uh, so later I see another scene with this boyfriend and it really just got, it really pissed me off. I just hated this stupid (laughs) outfit. He looked like such a square in it. Um, (laughs) I liked it, but okay. (laughs) Sorry. I mean, um, this sweater, this sweater, (laughs) legit this sweater goes for like 70 bucks at express i'm just gonna say that (laughs) well um i don't know man he's wearing so he's wearing a white or a He's wearing khakis and a white cable knit chunky sweater with a collared shirt underneath and again i just have to ask myself where are we why is he wearing so many layers Yes, that's that's fair. That is that is very fair. Yeah. Anyway, mainly I just hate him. So, um, yeah, you know, it's it's funny you should bring up all those layers because there's another character uh, in this episode who also wears a lot of wear uh, ooh, wears a lot of layers, uh, and I don't get it. <laughs> and that is the coolest kid ever, Todd, 
who <laughs> just has the ultimate fashion of any human being ever. Um, I'd like to give you all uh, a reminder in case you forgot of what Todd looks like, because I have a picture right here. Uh, please refer to this picture. I, I almost marked it as a spoiler, but I decided not to. Uh, and please refer to this picture here. Um, it is glorious. Um, he's got that white T-shirt with four different patterns on it. It seems very, like, race car-y. And that purple jacket with the sleeves rolled up to infinity or near infinity. <laughs> it's an asymptote. That is that a mid-upper um, arm roll-up. That is impressive. Yeah, I know, right? Like, at that point, you have no arm left. Uh, <laughs> and that with the shades. And also, he had on big, just huge lift white shoes. Um, I kind of love this look. It's the most, like, 90s thing I could think of, even though this was 1989. Um, and I just need all the thoughts and opinions about it. I want to know what his shirt says. Yeah. So it's all I see is urination. What could that be? Well, that's a great question. You know, uh, we could pull up the episode and find out. <laughs> I think it says international. I think it says. That. Oh, I was going to guess skater nation, but I do feel like there would be a space between the R and the N in that. But you never know. I can't, um, I can't tell what it says on top with the red. This does seem very racing. I mean, the checkered pattern and then like the 10 see to the side just seems very racing to me. Yeah. Could be racer nation. And didn't you mm. say, Michael, that this uh, this kid comes back later as a different person? No, as the same character. Oh, in eight seasons from now. <laughs> so is is he listed in the credits as the coolest adult ever? Oh, he's listed as Todd. <laughs> <laughs> but he's so cool that they didn't even need to say his name in the episode because we already all know that his name is Todd because we all have that like ingrained fact in our heads that the coolest kid ever was in Baywatch and his name was Todd. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Don't argue that. It's a I, I it's can't. an a priori piece of knowledge that we all just have since birth. Mm hmm. Yep. Uh, you know, the things I knew when I was born was I need to breathe, I need to eat, and I need to respect the Todd. <laughs> Which was a line from Scrubs, I think. <laughs> well, I'm really excited to get to this next part. Um, this is my last comment on this episode. It is mm -hmm. back when you asked me, Morgan, what my favorite thing, my favorite outfits were um, in the show. This next garment isn't like top too. Like, I can't tell you how much I love it. Um, so Eddie has a lot of really funny crop tops uh, in Baywatch. He's the only man that I've seen in this show consistently wear crop tops. Um, mm -hmm. I like it. He has the body for it. It's yeah. funny. And so Eddie can be such a tough guy, but sometimes he wears things that are so silly. <laughs> and okay, so he's wearing this white t-shirt that I can only imagine belongs to like his little sister or something and it mm -hmm. has a pug Dead on it sister. with angel wings and it is amazing <laughs> don't worry <laughs> because this shirt comes back later in the season really Ooh. it took something me watching an episode twice for me to notice it 
Wow. The thing I'm noticing about the dog is it also looks like hanging from his neck is a police badge. Oh my <laughs> god, I didn't even notice that. Isn't that a police badge? I can't tell if it's a police badge or like a weird doll. Like I like to think this is a crossover <laughs> for all the fans of dogs, Jesus, and the police. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and so I, I, you know, like I said, I love vintage clothes. I, I looked on every single, um, vintage clothing website I could find to try to find this t-shirt and I couldn't. Um, I know I'm really bummed. I actually tried to find a couple. There was like three different garments. I tried really, really hard to find and I just couldn't. I kind of want it. I know. It's so cool. It's so cute. It's so short. Like you can see like his (laughs) belly button. Like, (laughs) oh yeah. It's very funny. The real one, not the one in the uh, window that is apparently not actually where your belly button is. The puppy in the window. Oh, Shawnee. The Shawnee's. uh... (laughs) 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 Well, um, yeah, those are my comments on that episode. Um, Some pretty pretty wild fashion. But this next episode that I want to talk about really excites me because one of my favorite people is in it. Um, and that is Jenny Lewis. Um, I'm a really big fan of Jenny Lewis. Um, and one of my favorite concerts I've ever been to was one of her shows. I went to a couple years ago for her, um, on the line tour, um, in Seattle at the Paramount. Um, it was so fun. And I think about it all the time. I have a big poster in my room. I really miss those days when we could go to shows, but, um, I had actually never really come. I know she was a child actress, but I never really Mm. came across her and stuff just in the wild, you know, like I had no idea she was in Baywatch. Um, And in fact, uh two of the people in Rilo Kylie were child actors. Oh, yeah. So her and the guitarist who was one of the bullies in Boy Meets World. Oh, my God. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Huh. Damn. Along with Adam Scott, who was also the lead bully in Boy Meets World. <laughs> well, that is awesome. Um, she looks just like she looks now, just like a tiny little version of herself. Um, she's so cute and so sweet. Um, I know that you uh, two aren't big fans of this episode, or at least you don't think that it is very um, substantial. But I think there's so much that goes on in this episode. I absolutely loved it. It was one of my favorites beyond just the Jenny Lewis cameo. Um it was a really random this, episode. <laughs> this is the the watermelon baby episode, right? It sure yes. is. Sure is. <laughs> it's one of our shorter episodes. It's we normally go like an hour and a half. That episode was like an hour. <laughs> It just felt like a cozy episode in a way because, you know, it's just yeah. it's stormy outside and you're, you know, you're you're trapped inside it's, with some murderers and like. It's really interesting. <laughs> I noticed that you're at least from the picture. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you've left out tons of pictures that you took, but there's no pictures in here of the main character of this episode, which is Garner. You're right. Well, maybe it's I mean, he's like mostly in really dark he's, shots. OK, from. he's he has he's wearing a yellow raincoat for the entire episode. <laughs> so, yeah, that didn't really stick out to me. Yeah, he was I know, also he was also face down in the sand for like 40 minutes. So <laughs> I, I after I th- after I said it, I thought about it a little bit. And I, it. I okay. thought he was dead for a long time in that episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> he came back like Jesus. 
He sure did. <laughs> and he really saved the day, didn't he? Um, oh, boy. But, yeah, there's a lot of uh, randomness in the plot. There's a lot of randomness in the wardrobe choices. Um, but one thing that I, I really liked kind of toward the beginning was Mitch has this really awesome hot pink, like, aqua sheen vinyl raincoat. And I just thought it was really cool. Um, it's long. It goes down, like, past his knees. And I've never seen him wear it in any other episode. Nope. It's really weird. Uh, this is not, I don't think either of you two will get this, but maybe someone listening will. Um, there's a lot of vibes of this in terms of like the way that they're stacking color in this that just gives off a lot of like 80s Doctor Who vibes on here. And I was trying to look up like a good picture of this. Um, and I found it's not exact, uh, but I found this. Um, oh, here it is. Uh, this picture here, I'm going to s- upload here for you um, of s- a character I've described mm, more than once in this sh- podcast. Uh, this picture here um, where uh, this god awful, gaudy, multi patchwork style, overly different shades of blue uh, <laughs> outfit here. Um, where it's just in Doctor Who, they were doing a lot of these like, let's layer all the versions of a single color uh, on top of each other. Uh, and then they gave up and decided, <laughs> but what if what if uh, instead Man. we do this? There uh, is there is a lot which, going on there, which is this one, which is every color. Um, oh no! And if you can see that pink there is the same shade of pink as the stripe in Mitch's jacket, uh, and it made me think of that. Oh, yeah. that is a very interesting yeah. parallel. I actually think I like the blue version better. Um, it's very oh, like, periwinkle and um, quite pretty. It is quite pretty. I agree, and I'm not going to go into the story of why that <laughs> outfit, uh, but. Just know that it's fantastic. And I could talk about it, but this is Valerie's episode. Um, back to me. Um, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> um, Shawnee and Eddie, they're planning on having a movie night with Gina and Craig. And um, when Shawnee and uh, Eddie walk in, they're holding groceries. And Shawnee is wearing this black vinyl short raincoat with a hot pink collar and lapel and cuffs and it's very cool but it doesn't end there she takes it off to really to uh reveal an even cooler jacket underneath which uh you laugh but i actually really think it's quite cool um (laughs) i kind of like it so it's this kind of acid wash uh denim jacket and the whole top the yoke um, and the top flaps of the breast pockets are this, like, tapestry jacquard material. And um, it also has these giant gemstone buttons on it. And it's really crazy. And I just think it's so fun. Um, I don't really get it. <laughs> <laughs> but I <That's>, like it. <laughs> I think it works for some reason, when I look at these, I think it works so well with the way her hair is done in the in like this scene. I think it works really, really well. Well, interestingly, if you look back to when she first walks through the door, her hair is soaking wet. And then you fast forward just a couple seconds, and now her hair is 
pretty much dry. Oh, yeah. Would you it's look at that? She's perfect. She's <laughs> a perfect human being. She- yeah, I, I don't dislike this jacket. I just feel like... I feel like if you left one thing off, it would be a little bit better. Like, it's just... It's just Which a lot. One thing, though? Um, I don't. I, I don't I, even I know. care. I know what I would take <laughs> off. Um, so the top, the flaps of the breast pockets are mm-hmm. also edged with gold studs. Mm. I yes. think I would take yeah. those off. I think that's. Yep. Too yep. Much. I agree. Yeah. Or the little string of like pearls that hangs under that oh, gold yeah. fringing on top of the pocket. Either of those things, well, I think I, you I could think- lose. I think this was kind of like a DIY bedazzle situation. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> just just a thought. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Bill Flores was having a fun time with his bedazzler. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it works pretty perfectly given that Eddie is just going his best for Blue's Clues, you know? <gasps> oh, my God. You said it first. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited to get to that. Uh, I'm sorry. We can edit that out. No, no, no. <laughs> I was just a huge Blue's Clues fan growing up. Oh, same. Oh, yeah. And oh, my God. When I saw Eddie wearing that green striped shirt, I just, I, right away, I was like, that's Steve. And so I Googled fun. it. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, fun fact about Blue's Clues, Blue and I share a birthday down to the year. Like day, <laughs> day, month, and year. <laughs> that is kismet. <laughs> um, I always liked Magenta. Magenta. Yeah, Magenta is uh, very, very good character. Mr. Salt and Mrs. Pepper. Mm-hmm. Oh, and oh, Paprika. Oh, God. I know. So cute. Oh, little baby Paprika. Oh, my God, you guys. I love Blue's Clues. Oh, my God. So but, yeah, I, I really love They're now on the... They're now on the third, like, I don't know what you would call it. It's like whatever Blue's Clues version is of Doctor Who. They're on the third <laughs> one of that. Doctor Blue. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, we're coming up with some good shit here. I mean, we already got the blue outfit over here. Yeah. This is perfect. Uh, that's funny. Um, yeah, I, I really love that. And I looked up. Steve's shirt and the horizontal stripes are like the same width and everything. Um, yeah. Pretty good. I'm sure it is just the same <laughs> shirt. I think that Steve's has buttons on it. I can't remember if, if Eddie's shirt has buttons, but... Um, it does. Oh, it does. Maybe it is. Maybe they it's borrowed from the same uh, wardrobe <laughs> rack. Um <laughs> So next, let's see. Um, we're gonna go spend some time with Hobie with his cool sweatshirt, um, mm-hmm. and and Jenny Lewis with her bunny sweater. Yes. Um, <clears throat> this is definitely like a Z plot. Um, <laughs> it, <laughs> it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Um, I also feel no. like her character is really contradictory of itself. Like. Um, in some ways she's very bold. Like she went home with Hobie during a hurricane and she didn't want to tell her mom where she was because then she'd have to go home. But then she's also like really shy. You know, she kind of like plays the game where she goes from being like really shy and coy to being kind of like really fierce. And that's why I love this juxtaposition of this bunny sweater because the bunny sweater (laughs) is so sweet, but her personality is like kind of flirty and like kind of independent. Yeah. 
I don't know. Maybe I'm just making shit up, but um, yeah. <laughs> I really liked it. I thought it was a cool sweater. Um, and yeah. Uh, yeah, and it's very different from what Hobie's wearing. Hobie looks like the coolest kid in school. He's wearing this like <laughs> two-tone, um, hot pink sweatshirt. Um, the top is, is pink. The top of the sleeves are pink and everything else is white. It has some kind of sporty logo on it. I don't know if it's like a sports team or something. Um, I don't know. What's interesting, I can't... It's not a sports team. I can't fully tell, but at least in the second picture, it really looks like they... Like, um, there's a process in film called greeking, which is where you, like, mask out any logos of companies that haven't explicitly paid you for product placement. Um, Which is why, like, in shows, water bottles won't have labels or everyone's eating, like, Let's brand chips or whatever. Um, But it really looks like they just threw some duct tape over whatever words used to be on the middle of that diamond especially on the the picture where it's a close up of him and Jenny Lewis standing next to the phone like i can't tell oh. if those white borders are like actually part of the shirt cuz they kind of look added on like it you know, looks like someone like glued fabric on over whatever was on that diamond wow i didn't even notice that i think you're right i think you're onto something there if you look at the edges the white edges it actually looks like that like correction tape yeah, you know, mm. that shit that always yeah. breaks. You, it never lasts mm-hmm. until you get to the end. That's what that mm-hmm. looks like to me. Um, yeah, good. Yeah, great call out, Morgan. Um, so, so now I'm super curious what used to be there. Like, because what it looks like champion, me, champion probably. I, yeah, probably. My first thought, because I am not a person who knows anything about sports, is there's a parking company here in Seattle called Diamond Parking. Oh, my God. And it does look exactly like their logo. It does. It does. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my. I think you're right. I, OK, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to try to find this. Um, I'll report back. Um, awesome. Yes, please. I'll see if I can find anything. Um, I'd be very interested to know. But I, I think it's one of those things. I'm going to start noticing that now in. Like, yeah. In. Maybe, maybe in more episodes of Baywatch. Yeah, maybe. So, uh, on to the next Z plot. Um, <laughs> so, um, my favorite. So there's a lot happening in this room. Um, oh, we, boy. we kind of briefly mentioned it before. Um, Thorpe, uh, is auditioning for the surf cast job. Um, I wrote again in my notes, first of all, I hate Thorpe, but by this point it's like 10th of all, cause I've already mentioned it several times. Um, mm-hmm. Thorpe is, is a waste of space. Um, he's not funny. <laughs> he assumes the worst of literally every woman he interacts with on the show. Um, yeah. and he kind of screams MAGA supporter to me, but, uh, yeah. I digress. The scene is an explosion of late eighties fashion. Um, so to yes. start off, on the left side of the screen, you have the punk chick. She has a skeleton brooch on her biker jacket. Um, it looks like it's glow in the dark. She also has like a dried rose on her jacket. Lots of studs. Um, her hair very much screams to me, uh, Susie Sue. I think it looks like it looks like she's got like four different banana clips in there. A whole can of Aquanet. Anne hasn't brushed it in four days. Looks a little Edward Scissorhandsy to me. Oh, yeah. Big Hot Topic vibes for sure. Absolutely. Um, and then the the camera starts panning to the right, and then you see a whole lot of different oh, things. Oh, sorry. 
one one thing I'm going to add here. I just realized I, I never really took a look at this character for very long. Mm-hmm. Is uh, so this is 1989 when this was uh, when that, this episode was filmed. I mean, like a lot of the season. Uh, and one of the things that really strikes to me is um, the look of like leather jacket uh, and that kind of hair. Well, I mean, traditionally it's kind of seen as, as this like punk thing or like biker chick kind of thing. Um, this is a really interesting time. Uh, so 1989, California, one of the big, big things going on that equates with this style of fashion was there was this like fourth wave British invasion in music that was happening. Um, and the big thing was like new wave or like post new wave music that was coming in. So a lot of stuff like erasure, uh, but also like the cure, but the big one in terms of California was Depeche Mode. And in 1989, Depeche Mode had this uh, sold-out concert at the Rose Bowl um, that basically the the cops were called because there there was so much violence of people trying to get in line to get an autograph from them that people were getting, like, punched in the streets and they had to tear gas people. Um, And one of the big looks of, of their fans was, like, this kind of hairstyle, so sort of like that, like gothic-y punk style, but with a lot of, like, leather and studs. Uh, and a big thing that screams out to me is this, a, this was, like, a motif early on, but more so later was the rose that she has there, uh, right up by the collar there. Uh-huh. So it seems really interesting to me. Like, my guess is this is a person who, like, they kind of pulled from the style of what people were already wearing in, like, cool alternative fashion at the time, of people like listening to this music. Uh, so that really strikes me just given how close it was to then. Cause I think this episode was filmed like maybe a month after their sold out Rose Bowl concert. Oh. So it would have made sense perfectly in terms of timing. Wow. That is yeah. really interesting. Wow. I love that. Thanks for time. I mean, I don't, I mean, I don't love that. <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying to say? <laughs> I'm trying to say, cool story. Um. <laughs> don't, dish, don't, don't diss Depeche Mode. I also have their entire discography here next to the Wiggles and the Smiths. <laughs> I'm definitely not dissing Depeche Mode. Um, okay, good. One time I was in, uh, I was in Paris and I was in this little jewelry shop, like a tiny little hole in the wall boutique, and there was a Nirvana song playing, and. Um, I, I said to the girl, kind of in the most broken French that I could possibly say, I was like, oh, this is Nirvana. Like, I'm from where they're from. And she argued with me and told me, no, this is Depeche Mode. Um, and What? <laughs> I just didn't have the heart to continue the argument. And so I paid for my earrings and then I left. But I think about that quite often. Um, yeah. There's only like two songs I could think of that maybe someone would mistake, and they're from an album where clearly they do not also sound like Nirvana. It's funny, I can't actually remember what the song was, but I knew it was Nirvana because you just you fucking know that, you know? 
Yeah. yeah, it's grunge and it's Kurt Cobain's voice. Yes. Like, you can tell. Born yeah. and raised, okay? Um, <laughs> I mean, he's technically from Aberdeen and you're not, and Aberdeen's kind of a shithole. I feel like we've had this <laughs> argument before. Um, close enough. Uh, <laughs> um. I mean, life is a shithole. So yeah. <laughs> uh, well, uh, anyway, um, so you pan, the camera pans over to the right and. You've got a lot going on. There's side oh ponytails, there's neon leotards, there's mix-matched uh, shorts and wild-printed tops, there's swim trunks and backwards hats, and honestly, my eyes just didn't know where to go, and it was I a love lot. it. Yeah. <laughs> I also love the pink thing on the background that looks like, like a 3D face. Yes. I don't like <laughs> any of it. Um, I, can, I can honestly say I would wear any of the three button downs that the men are wearing in this screenshot. That's fine. But would you pair them with any of those pants? That's the question. The the guy with the red hat looks like he should be like uh, a standard like Pokemon villain. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, a little bit. This scene is just so because this scene, again, also has Trevor and Tokyo anal dynamite guy. So like this scene, it just has everything. This scene has everything. <laughs> um, Ooh, those shorts also. Yeah. Man, those are some. Ooh, those are some ooh, shorts. Exactly. <laughs> well, um, moving on to episode 12, the reunion. Um, this is the episode where Craig and Mitch act like bratty 16-year-old boys and fight over an <laughs> old flame, Allison. Um, even though Craig is unfortunately married, um, it's also the episode uh, with Eddie being stupid and buying a stolen car. Um, <laughs> classic Eddie. <laughs> now, in fairness, the first part of that sentence does not narrow it down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're so right about that. Um, oh, Eddie. Well, uh, the episode begins, uh, there's a party at Mitch's house. Um, there's a lot of oversized baggy button down short sleeve shirts and awful mm-hmm. prints. Um, uh, love interest Allison is wearing, um, a purple top with giant shoulder pads and Craig is actually wearing a pretty cool shirt. Um, it is, it looks kind of like a lightweight cottony sort of linen-y, um, short sleeve surf shirt with a tropical print and kind oh, of I hate it at, oh, yeah. well he's also holding a rack of ribs and maybe that's part I love of what that. makes it look so I I this shirt is so good I this is another shirt I would desperately love to own thank like, you Morgan uh, it is a good shirt I knew it was it seems like the shirt that it's like my dad would be like, well, I have to wear something to Florida. And so he'd pick that. The only thing I am now noticing in looking at this shirt closer, um, right above the ribs on his left shoulder, it, does that not look like a very large spider to anyone else? That is, I'm sorry, but do you mean his ribs or the plate of ribs? <laughs> wow. Uh, Actually, that, that that is a spider. <laughs> I okay. hate it now. Thank you. Yeah, um, no, I'm my opinion makes, on it is rapidly turning. <laughs> it makes no sense. You keep with the floral design. Why have a spider? Yeah, I just I just watched arachnophobia last week with my sister. And, oh, boy. Uh, and now I'm seeing spiders everywhere. <laughs> I mean, it, it could be worse. You could also have watched uh, eight legged freaks, uh, which is, I think, worse. I haven't seen that. Yes, yeah, I am. 
Don't. Okay. <laughs> I won't. Thank you. The only the only benefit to Eight Legged Freaks is Scarlett Johansson is in it, and that's the only benefit. Okay. I can find that elsewhere. Um. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, let's see. Um, so later on, um, much to Craig's dismay, uh, Mitch and Allison are making out on the beach. Um, and I I think about this a lot. I wouldn't make out at my place of work and his place of work is the beach. Um, (laughs) seems like a strange place to make out. I wouldn't, I wouldn't make out at my place of work, which is outside. (laughs) (laughs) Good point. (laughs) Well, um, I think that he's supposed to be helping Craig with some dinghy or something. Anyway, I actually really love Allison's outfit here. She's wearing this cropped cornflower blue double-breasted sweater and these beige paper bag waist uh, shorts and a cognac uh, leather braided belt. And I feel like this is something I would totally see someone wearing today. Um, It's interesting. I like the top. I like the pants. The belt. For some reason, I feel like maybe there could have like if the belt was black, it might have been, I think, a little bit better. Wow, I don't uh, agree. Oh, okay. Morgan Tyler. Yeah, I don't know. I d- belt breaker. Um, <laughs> it's hard. It's hard for me to say because I don't have a screenshot of the full outfit. But I do. I don't think I would go black with it. But I do agree that maybe a little bit more contrast there could be interesting against the pants. Yeah. Maybe yeah. Red. I don't know. Um, I, I, I don't know about red. Yeah. I don't know. Now now I'm questioning the entire I could just name colors. If you- <laughs> <laughs> and what about, actually, you know, it would be actually really cool is a purple leather belt. That would- Ooh. Oh, yeah, that would work. Yeah. Yeah, that would work. Well, and, and in this scene, uh, Mitch is wearing one of his favorite <laughs> styles, which is... Which is an off-the-shoulder DIY uh, <laughs> uh, sweatshirt slash T-shirt where he's cut the neck into a wide scoop. Um, <laughs> I've seen him with multiple shirts like this, and it makes me wonder, uh, is he a crafty guy? Um, does he do it himself? Did one of his girlfriends do it for him? Did Hobie do it? Yeah. Does he have fabric scissors? Um, <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> and uh, lastly, did he buy it that way? Um, I, I just don't know. Ooh. But uh, my other thing is that is just a real nightmare to put on a hanger. I mean, that shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't put on a hanger. He just throws on his couch. He's a bachelor. Just and that's why I won't put a chair in my bedroom. Um. <laughs> Fair. I do love the extreme contrast between Mitch and Allison's outfits in yes. this scene, where uh, she is dressed very nicely, and Mitch is, as you said, in a handmade cut-up T-shirt and sweatpants. <laughs> yeah, it's quite something, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Um, Let's also not forget about the guy in the background with the mullet. Yes. I just love the mullet watch. <laughs> oh, my God. I totally missed that. It, it looks like his it it looks like his um his swim trunks are falling down a um, little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I can't tell if they're falling down or just skin tight. Like <laughs> there's some look, he's a butt clencher for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, am I wrong? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> yeah, you can see you can see the bottom of his cheeks really have like a real 
uh, real like acute inward angle there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's got a Hank Hill butt. <laughs> he totally does. <laughs> oh man! Well, uh, let's see. So, oh gosh, this is one of my favorites. Another Eddie T-shirt. Um, Eddie and his crop tops, man. He loves a good cropped top. Um, yeah. And so, what I like about this, he's checking out that stolen car. He's giving it the old eyeballs. And if you zoom in, he's actually wearing a shirt with cars on it. Convenient. <laughs> that he oh went. yeah. He chose that shirt to go car shopping in, which I think is funny. <laughs> and and I can't quite tell for sure. I think it says American Dream on it. That would make sense. Those are both. Um like 50s sedans from I I want to say they're both GM but this low res screenshot and me not knowing that much about classic 50s cars makes it a little hard for me to say for sure. Well, you, I'm sure you're right. That makes sense. Um but it's quite short. I think that he and Mitch probably got together and and uh <laughs> Mitch cut the neck out of his shirt and and Eddie cut the bottoms <laughs> off of all of his shirts. <laughs> <laughs> and then they made a giant friendship quilt out of all the discarded shirt parts. <laughs> That's really sweet. Um, <laughs> and then uh, there's a there's a cutback to an irate Craig. Um, and I must say, I really like his heel the Santa Monica Bay t-shirts. Uh, uh, so I, I looked into it a little bit. And it is an environmental advo- uh, advocacy group that protects um, coastal waters and watersheds of Southern California. It was founded in 1985 by an activist named Dorothy Green when her brother uh, discovered untreated wastewater spilling into the Santa Monica Bay. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. So this is another thing. I tried to find this exact shirt and I couldn't find it, but it is pretty cool. Um, and I like the story behind it. It's very uh, a doctor's office. You mean because of the fish tank? Yeah, like with a waiting room with a bunch of fish. <laughs> yeah. Or it's very the ocean with all the fish. <laughs> no. I mean, they, they don't have those kinds of fish all living within that same proximity of each other in anywhere but a doctor's office. Listen, Michael, there's there's one thing I know for sure, and that is that when someone says, where is the best place to find a bunch of fish? The first place I go, doctor's office. Just <laughs> no, without but look question. At that. That, that vibe is so 90s well, doctor's office. I think the problem here is, is, is you would find fish of that type uh, in close proximity in the in nature, if you would just save the Santa Monica Bay. Um, mm, no, it's a good point. <laughs> no, I need to dump waste from my dentist appointment back into the Santa Monica Bay. Dentist waste. All that. Spit. Lisa needs braces. <laughs> okay, um, Snake Eyes, episode seventeen. This is uh, this is the last episode that I um, that I wrote about. Um, this was a crazy episode. There was a this was an emotional yes. roller coaster. Um, <laughs> this is oh, yeah. the episode where Court introduces Eddie to his gambling addiction, and Hobie <laughs> uh, slacks off because his dad is getting it on with his teacher. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, classic comedy. Um, so I really enjoyed all of the formal wear um, on the gambling cruise ship. Um, this, uh, this is the episode I was talking about earlier, Morgan, when you asked me my favorite outfit. I love this teal dress. Teal is my favorite color. 
um, my coworkers make fun of me all the time because <laughs> every time I choose anything ever, it's teal. Um, I'm very predictable. Um, <laughs> I, teal is a great color. I feel that. I'm, I'm the same way with purple. We're just like, yeah. listen, if you have the option, why would it not be purple? Thank you. You totally get it. Um, so, yeah, this scene was great. Um, it's There's not a whole lot of times where you get to see a fish tie attire all in one room <laughs> um, on the show. So um, Shawnee has a really pretty pale pink dress on. It has kind of like an umpire waist with um, little uh, floral embroidery around the neckline, um, big shoulder pads, but it actually looks really dainty and pretty on her. And, um, I don't know how, uh, Eddie afforded that tux. I want to say maybe he took it from Gina's side of the closet. Um, he rented it for sure, (laughs) but it does, uh, I don't know. It looks nice on him. Yeah, um, he got he got that the same same day he got a senior class photo taken. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. gosh! But um, when you go into the cruise ship, um, there's all kinds of late '80s classic formal wear, like the ultra beaded dress, um, lots of ruching and shoulder pads, sweetheart necklines, lots of taffeta. Um, that's the fabric that is fancy, but loud as fuck. Um, <laughs> yes. Giant Love hair. It. Um, I also noticed that the, I didn't get a good picture of it, but the servers, um, are wearing like French maid outfits. Yep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which yep. I thought was funny. Um, <laughs> And a little sexist, but hey, um, yeah. that's mm-hmm. fine. Welcome um, to Baywatch. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I noticed that there was a lot of um, inaccuracies in this scene where you would look and there it's like they had six people wearing <laughs> outfits and then they very quickly teleported across the room <laughs> for the different scenes. It didn't really make a lot of sense logistically. But that's they okay. had a they had a costume supervisor, not a teleportation. Supervisor. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, and I I noticed um, because Eddie and Court come back to this ship multiple times. Uh, this is the only time they're wearing tuxedos. Uh, I guess yep. yeah. I guess the, it wasn't important. The next time uh, Court came in his uh, full cowboy getup uh, one time, <laughs> um, <laughs> and. Something, uh, oh, I love this. This is my last note on this episode, actually. Um, in a scene later on, you see Eddie and Court in the surfboard shop. And what is Eddie wearing but his angel pug sheriff shirt? Oh. But this time, he's wearing a vest over it. It's so versatile. And I, I love like, that you call it angel pug sheriff <laughs> so much. <laughs> I just, I thought it was really cute. And actually, this is the first time that I noticed, and I love this. I'm such a nerd for this, being such a fashion lover. In a TV show, when a character wears something again that they wore before. Because I think that's really realistic. You know, we don't all have a zillion outfits like me. But um, (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm not kidding. I have too many clothes. Um, (laughs) But I just thought it was cool. And maybe I didn't notice it before. Maybe... There were some repeats in there somewhere, but this one really stuck out to me, and and I I love that so much. Yeah, I mean, how how could you not notice this shirt showing up again? <laughs> like, it's such a You're delightful right. shirt, <laughs> and it's so like I don't 
It doesn't match his personality at all. No. No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'd love to know the story behind it. I want to, like, guess that maybe Billy Warlock was just being an asshole that day. And so, (laughs) um, and so good old, uh, Bill Flores was like, well, sorry, Eddie, uh, looks like you're going to wear the pug sheriff. shirt." (laughs) (laughs) I love, I love the idea of Bill Flores just going from like TV show to TV show. And anytime an actor is like, being a dick to a costumer he's just like uh 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 today your costume's the angel pug shirt if you don't shape up <laughs> i think that is um, delightful uh, yeah. valerie i have also uploaded some additional screenshots from this episode here of uh Hobie's teacher and Hobie's classroom. Yes. Oh, okay. So I'm so glad that you uh, that you noticed this dress. It was something I I almost took a picture of it, and then I was like, I have too much shit. Um. Okay. So she's wearing this beautiful um, sleeveless midi length Kelly green double breasted dress with a wide belt. It's so pop. This style is so popular right now. I can. I can think of a dress that I saw um, on Redacted. website like last week that looks just like this by Donna Morgan. Like, I love this dress. This is such a pretty color. I also love this actress. She looks a lot like my roommate's mom, um, <laughs> which makes me <laughs> like her extra for some reason. She's also in one of my favorite scenes, which is maybe one of the cheesiest scenes. Um, she sits down to have uh, dinner with Mitch and he, he tells her to order the wine and he jumps over the edge and goes saves yes. and saves someone while the brownie <laughs> comes back and she doesn't notice what happened. Um, that was one of my favorite scenes of this entire season. She's yeah. pretty oblivious for a teacher. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yes, and I love her pink power suit with the with the hot pink pencil skirt and she's got like a white turtleneck under it. She's standing in front of the door frame in the second picture which makes her look like she has a funny bonnet on um, oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> and um and that last dress is so 90s yeah. so early 90s um it's like a sheath dress with like a paisley abstract print um a wide scoop neck and a big giant belt um across the waist yeah she has some good outfits they did her and well we also talk about in that first picture and second picture there we get to see the fashion of kids um and it just screams 90s especially in the back that pink shirt mm-hmm. there um just something that uh i think was in quotes acceptable in the 90s and then not in like the 2000s and then became acceptable again just in terms of like just how bright <laughs> that color is uh and then also like hobie's shirt which is just this uh, it, Hobie's shirt looks like a color of ice cream. Um, <laughs> I feel like there's a Baskin and Robbins flavor. Uh, oh yeah, it's just cotton his shirt. candy. What's the blue, light blue ice cream flavor? Is it like cotton candy? Daiquiri ice. Hmm. Hmm. I was thinking like blue raspberry, maybe. But that's. I feel like that's a deeper blue. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Blue is my it's, favorite flavor. Um. It's it's a similar color to Mitch's shirt in uh, Allison's power uh, power suit scene. 
um, which I, I honestly really like Mitch's collared shirt here. I really like the like gray and like off teal. Yeah, it's like I a really dig that. It's like a seafoam green and like and like a taupe. It's really actually a nice combination, and it looks like a really soft shirt. It looks like a nice cotton modal blend. Like it looks yeah. worn and washed and comfortable, and it just you just want to give him a big hug, and he smells like Old Spice and chlorine and or salt <laughs> or whatever. The fuck. Um, <laughs> whatever the fuck. <laughs> In that last picture, we have this huge sleeve, one I, that can only describe as the Jinko jeans shirt. <laughs> um, That's really funny. It's such a huge sleeve. There's four of that entire human that could fit inside that sleeve. You're not wrong. Yeah. yeah. Great kid fashion here. Great kid fashion. Yeah. Um, one more I wanted to share. Here was I was trying to. This is from a different episode. This is from the episode where um, Hobie gets a dog, um, and I wanted to take a picture of something that kind of to me was like, here's what normal people are wearing, and not like just staged kids. But this picture, I found it really interesting. Of we have the girl with the dog who's just wearing this interesting outfit, but you have these dudes in the background. The guy on the left was really interesting to me just like i don't know these people seem so normal uh compared to literally everything else we saw that to me they stood out uh, i don't know if you have any thoughts on them hmm. yeah the the guy on the left gives me big um bender from breakfast club vibes oh yeah i i hate bender from <laughs> breakfast club i hate the breakfast club personally um I don't. If one time, our friend uh, Joe and I watched it, and our main takeaway was this movie fucking sucks. And I know that's controversial, uh, but change my mind. I I know I should hate John Hughes, and to be fair, his movies are yes. very sexist and uh, often yes. quite racist. Yes, I I don't hate them as much as I feel like I should. Um, <laughs> that wasn't the reason why we even hated it at the first time. We hated it because the nerd gets fucking nothing out of it. Like, yes. they're all like, nerd, we respect you. Now, now, nerd, write this for us and then go be a virgin. That's fair. Uh, <laughs> have you considered being a teenager and having a crush on Molly Ringwald? Um, because that... Have I? That changes Holy your opinion shit. on that movie. <laughs> at least it I, did for I mean, me. <laughs> I mean, I still have a crush on Molly Ringwald. I mean, she's amazing. Even though she is, except for the fact that she's been blacklisted for most of Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, for what? Oh, for God. the same. Yeah, because she's just not a nice person uh, oh. and hard to work with. Uh, so, yeah, she was blacklisted. Well. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. It's the. Uh, oh, God. Who's the woman from uh, from Knocked Up? Uh, who's also in ER? I can't remember her name. Uh, I am hold not on. sure. Freeze. <laughs> it's my one freeze. Uh, Wait, do we only get one? Oh. <laughs> uh, it's like, oh, Catherine Heigl. Uh, oh. Catherine Heigl is also blacklisted from Muscle Hollywood because she's just a huge, huge pain to deal with for everyone. Also, her mom comes on set and shouts at people. Wow. That's Cut the pretty wild. Cord. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyways, um, we have seen, 
I mean, there's so much stuff we haven't even talked about that we could. I mean, there's like the girl on boat whose outfit is just a a yellow bikini. There is so much (laughs) random fashion in this show that just stands out, especially as we're watching this show that was in 1989 to 1990 this season. Um, And as we're going into the next season, um, we're only going to see things get. Well, I guess more nostalgic is probably the word. I don't, I don't know if it's as nostalgia as much for you, Morgan, or you, Valerie, uh, just because I'm a little bit older. Uh, but uh, for me, like even watching an episode or two, there's just this heavy wave of nostalgia coming back and being like, oh, yeah, that's how we all looked back then. <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was all of six when the 90s ended, so I, I can't say I have a lot of nostalgia for it. I was five. Um, <laughs> but I but I did grow up with two older sisters. Um, my oldest sister is 13 years older than me. And my and then my the middle sister is like five years older than me. And all I wanted in the world was to be them and do everything that they did. And so I feel like I have kind of a, a closeness with the 90s, um, even though I was really really little, but, um, I did watch a couple, uh, episodes of season two already. Pissed me off. Uh, not gonna lie. Um, first, first couple episodes are really, really racist. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, we have, oh some boy. um, that's going to be a big one to unpack. Um, yes. Yeah. Important we, to talk about. We, um, to break the continuity of the podcast a little bit, we have already recorded our episode about part one of the first episode of season one. Um, and it is extremely racist and it was hard to watch for uh-huh. large yeah. portions. Yeah. We had, it really we had was. to have a bit of a discussion outside of the podcast just about it because it was like, it, it it's really fucking hard to watch racism in the, I mean, racism period, but like 90s racism yeah. is so different from like 2000s racism and how it was like portrayed as just, here's fucking normal shit. Um, yeah. It's it was very, really very blatant. Um, yeah. 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 It was tough to watch. And I I, uh, I don't know if the whole season is going to be like those first couple episodes. But if they are, um, <laughs> I might have a hard time. With yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you this. Season two uh, is going to be rougher oh, than great. season three. OK. Season three will be an easier watch than season two. Well, we got to get through the hard stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I say no. we like I, I'm I'm just one episode like you guys got I mean, listen, you guys got to talk about it. <laughs> welcome to come back on for a main feed episode as well. Come talk about an episode with us. I would love that. Um, I like I said, I have really enjoyed watching this show. It has been so comforting and in a way that I didn't expect. Um, yeah, Kind of I, like yeah. a lot of old 90s TV shows like Saved by the Bell or Boy Meets World. Mm-hmm. Just, they hit these really nice, I like to think of them like eating a Cinnabon. Cinnabon. <laughs> Cinnabon. Okay. I know it's Cinnabon. <laughs> I know it is. <laughs> you. Um, oh. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I, I'm excited to see Pam Anderson in, in season three. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also sad to say goodbye to some characters that I really loved. I I really loved Jill. 
I think she was um, underrepresented as a character. She uh, had a lot of talent yes. and she didn't get very many good lines or like main plots in the shows that weren't just like, um, you know, her just being an athlete. And um, she's a cool woman. And I think she deserved um, more storylines in there. And um, I'll be really, really sad to see the love of my life go. Um, I know he comes <laughs> back. I know he comes yes. back. Um, and I know he comes back. Um, is this a spoiler, <laughs> spoiler alert? Out his wife. Ooh. Yep. Is that a spoiler? Yep. You can cut that. Um. <laughs> I, I mean, it's 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 not a it's not a story spoiler. It's just like they forgot to cast her and pay her. <laughs> okay, this this show is like thirty years old. It's not a spoiler anymore. Um. No, <laughs> I'm just no, it's I'm not. just shocked to learn that Baywatch would neglect some of their female characters. Just a real. Real left turn from them. Real <laughs> shocker. Um, yeah. Yeah, but um, I'm glad that Eddie and Shawnee are sticking around for season two because uh, I really love them and I like watching them interact with each other. I think they have some really funny banter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so question for all of you, mm-hmm. uh, because I, you know, while this isn't a main episode of Baywatch Rookie School, uh, we still need to do some ratings. So... For everybody, the question is this time, we are rating the fashion of season one of Baywatch. And we are still using our normal one to ten scale, where one is you're walking on a mini beach. And there are some prickly, pokey things that are just stabbing at your feet. Uh, and maybe some some bad outfits are under there, too. I don't fucking know. <laughs> and ten is sniffing Mitch's abs. Valerie, on a scale of one to ten, how would you rate the fashion of season one of Baywatch? Can I ask you a question? Yes. Okay. So am I rating it as in, like, this is good fashion, I want to see everyone in this all the time? Or am I rating it like I enjoyed watching this? I enjoyed experiencing the fashion of the season. Okay. I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it an eight. Ooh. Nice. And Mm -hmm. what would you say an eight is? An eight is being wrapped in in Craig's toga duvet. <laughs> yeah. Is that okay? Oh, yeah, that's totally fine. <laughs> nope. Bot goes the horny police. <laughs> Listen, if it were illegal to be horny on this podcast, we would not have made it past episode one. <laughs> no, we were very horny in episode one. Uh, I didn't Morgan, say with him in you? it. I just meant just just rap Listen, in general. Either oh yeah, yeah. Either way is fine. We are not <laughs> here to judge. <laughs> no, I mean, look, he was ready to make some babies mm-hmm. in that episode, and I mean, I am ready for his baby. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, I think. Uh, I don't know. I think I would give it probably about. Um, give it about a seven. I think there's there's some really good sweaters and I mean the angel pug sheriff tee like just <laughs> is a point in and of itself like um and I'm going to I'm going to describe a 7 as the experience of seeing someone very attractive wearing the angel pug sheriff tee but just not being able to have it for yourself. Oh, that's really sad. <laughs> but at least you get to appreciate it. At the same time, a dab. All dogs are bad. No, I can't do that. No, they're all good boys. Uh, 
I have no good cop joke for this. <laughs> um, how about you, Michael? What's your What's your fashion rating? Yeah, I, I'm I'm torn between a nine and an eight because I like a lot of the fashion this season in terms of like all the interesting stuff it had to offer, but also I feel like it didn't go far enough for what I was expecting. And I think season two is going to give me more of that, um, which is why I, I'm leaning towards the eight. Um, yeah, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for an eight. And I would say an eight is um, eight is the experience of finding an outfit that you think just really suits you. But it isn't like an everyday occasion outfit. It's like this one specific event. And that specific event my outfit is good for is sitting in front of my computer, opening up YouTube to Tokyo Anal Dynamite and listening to it. I hate that. <laughs> As you should. It's a horrible album. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I, I do think we, you know, look at how much stuff we've talked about and discovered in just this season um, that was so much fun to talk about. I cannot wait to see what next season has to offer. Yeah. I mean, we've already started watching season two, uh, and there's a lot of stuff to just uh, ogle over, I guess is the right word. Um, and I can't wait because, you know, we're going to see like Gilligan's Island fashion. We're going to see ninja fashion. Oh, spoilers. <laughs> um, we're going to see all sorts of weird stuff. Uh, and then it only gets better, I think, from season three onward. Yeah. Uh, when they just decide to go all fucking wild and crazy 90s with it. I'm just hoping we get to see at least one hypercolor shirt in this show. <gasps> you want to know what? Yes. I just learned what that was. Um, my sister posted a picture of um, of my family back in the 90s. And my dad was wearing a hypercolor shirt. Oh, um, man. And, and she explained it to me. And I... How cool. It's like right? a mood shirt. Yeah. Except what it ended up being was just like uh, your armpits were a different color. And that was maybe not great. That is what she said about it. That is quite funny. <laughs> yep. I mean, I had a ton of hypercolor shirts back in the day, but that's because that that's what you would do as a class activity is you would make your own. I didn't know you could make your own. How do you do that? Oh, yeah. It's basically just like doing tie-dye shit. Oh. Because look at it. Like, if you just look at, like, a hypercolor shirt, it's just simply tie-dyeing. But I thought it was, like, fabric that reacted differently to, like, moisture, and it changed color. Yeah. Yeah. That, Did it? Yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. What you're thinking uh, of is is tie-dye. Yeah. I don't know what I'm Michael, you're anymore. wrong. Um, <laughs> well, this is a horrible idea. Uh, tie-dye is a great idea. I was like, idea, they gave you this. chemicals and you're... Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, duh, they gave me chemicals. I was taking ADHD medication. What is a chemicals. chemical, really? <laughs> uh, no, these, these I don't remember, um, but... Also, maybe it was because I was stuck inside playing Final Fantasy games. I don't remember this, uh, but uh, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, I actually just found the best hyper-colored shirt, uh, and I want to share it with all sure. of you. Because um, I think you'll get a, a really big kick out of this one. Um, by all of you, I mean especially Morgan. Um, please enjoy this shirt. Bad. <laughs> wow. Hey. I don't like it. Yeah, this is... All it needs is, like, a vinyl square cutout. 
right above the belly button. <laughs> just a little bullet deflector. <laughs> but just right there. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, that is something um, uh, that does exist. Yeah, you can you can still buy hypercolor shirts. Oh, I I believe it. <laughs> yeah, apparently there's uh, a global hypercolor t-shirt Facebook group. <laughs> wow. Well, if we if we ever make a uh, rookie school merch, we will make sure no, to include no, no, hypercolor t-shirts. No, 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 we are, no, I refuse. That's going to it's going to take a shirt that's like it costs 15 to 20 bucks to make this. And it's like hypercolor shirts. It costs 90 billion bucks to make each of these. Yeah, shirts, so they'll be limited uh, that no one will buy. They'll it. be limited we could call them hypercolor shirts, but they'd just be tie dye shirts. Ooh, corners. <laughs> Michael Stein. Uh, yeah, Valerie, if you could wear a Baywatch Rookie School shirt, uh, what pattern would be on it? Teal. <laughs> That's not a pattern. It's a pattern. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, what pattern? Um. If you say Paisley, you're kicked off the podcast. <laughs> Do I look like I wear Paisley? Um, I would have to say probably Angel Pugs, Angel Sheriff Pugs. Ooh, we gotta make man. We gotta make our own. We gotta get like the shitty watercolor version of the Angel Pug Sheriff, and then just mass produce that. We should. I want. Mm-hmm. Um, if anything, I wonder. I wonder if um, Katie, the wonderful person who did our show art, would be really willing to do a stylistic depiction of this angel pug. Morgan, can we get this going <laughs> now? No, like, I, I'm not even joking. I want this tomorrow, at least just for the two of us. Can we please get this? Excuse I don't want me. it in white, though. <laughs> well, I mean, sorry, sorry. I know Valerie's fashion sense is exclusively Angel Pug Sheriff merchandise. Uh, I want. So we'll get you. I want a, like hats. <laughs> what? I want a cropped tie dye hyper color Angel Sheriff Pug shirt. Yes. Just Angel Pug Sheriff. Just full Angel. maximalist. <laughs> <laughs> full maximalist. Full circle. <laughs> Ooh, Morgan, we'll get you one in purple. Yeah. We'll get Valerie one in teal. And mine will just be covered in shit. Just shit. <laughs> <sighs> but yeah, speaking of uh speaking of angel pug sheriffs, uh I think I think we've had some real good conversation about fashion here today. And uh I don't know if any of y'all have any final thoughts. Valerie, I I would love to just get I know you're you're generally a fan of the season, but is there one moment in particular that really leaps out to you or anything you're hoping they bring back in season two? Just a, you know, Craig's butt. final thought <laughs> <laughs> other than Craig's butt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. You know, I think actually the parts of the show that I enjoyed the most was when they were actually doing real lifeguard shit. Like I mm. liked when they were saving people. Um, that was really fun for me. Um, when they're on the beach and it's really sunny cause it just felt happy. Um, yeah, I totally. think that's what I like the most. Except for the fact people are drowning, <laughs> saving them. From. I just, there's nothing like the sound of like the cries of a drowning person. <laughs> That is true. <laughs> so you must have really liked Shark Derby then. Music to my ears. 
Well, on that wonderful note, I want to thank you so much, Valerie, for coming on this episode and spending so much of your time doing research and compiling all of these notes and taking us taking us on this wonderful journey through the fashion of of 89 and 90 as represented through Baywatch. This was so much fun, and I cannot wait to have you back on again sometime for a for a more regular one of our episodes where we talk about an episode. Well, thank you. I I really enjoyed this. It was not a chore at all. I really looked forward to it. Um, so thank you for having me. Um, I will definitely be back if you will have me. Absolutely. Yes, we will. Uh, before we uh, before we go into the outro, Valerie, do you have anything you want to plug? Your Instagram, Twitter, anything like that? Totally fine if not. <laughs> I'm not that cool. Um, <laughs> I mean, you don't have to plug anything if, if you don't want to. Ah, uh, man. I wish I had something cool to plug, but I actually just think I'm going to plug the Doughboys because my uh, my brother-in-law um, is, um, is, a, is like a contributor to the Doughboys podcast where they um, review uh, chain restaurants. And it's a really good one, and it's really funny and lighthearted. Um, give it a listen if you haven't heard it. Yeah. It's a it's a great podcast. And if you've been listening along to our podcast this whole time, you've you've heard Robert, in fact, as our first ever guest on this here podcast. And so, yeah, I will uh, I will second Valerie's recommendation of the Doughboys. It's a great show. I will third that. And now that we have discussed them twice, we only need to discuss them one more time before they magically appear in front of us <laughs> on our podcast. <laughs> Hang on, there are a bunch of loud sirens outside of my apartment. Once they go away, as it's a pug sheriff. <laughs> Someone call that angel pug. <laughs> it's the only way I've been po- able to possibly talk about cops in the last year is with this angel pug. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, Demolition Man was the. Oh, other. yeah. All right. All that's left is to thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Baywatch Rookie School. If you want to find us on Twitter, our show handle is at Rookie School Pod. I'm at Morgan P. Thrapp. I'm at Snotsnit, S-N-O-T-S-N-I-T. We'll see you next week. And just remember, hips, lips, and fingertips. Ew. Ew, ew, ew. <laughs>